does have it all. All of our pre-owned vehicles are Hubler Q certified, which include a 128-point vehicle inspection, a free Carfax vehicle history report, and two warranties. A two-year, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty and a 30-day, 1,000-mile comprehensive warranty. Visit any of our 13 locations today or click drivehubler.com. Yeah, thanks for waking up with us. Young Elijah producing today, and uh, he's been talking how tired he is. How do you guys do this every morning? That's because we're radio vets. That's what we do. Welcome in. Uh, It is the wake-up call right here on The Fan in Indianapolis, and we're broadcasting live from the drivehubler.com studios. We got you for the next three hours. He's Kevin Bowen. I'm Andy Sweeney. Elijah, is it Robertson or Roberson? I already forgot. It is Robertson. Okay, Robertson. I I learned your last name. I learned your last name Three minutes ago. So, uh, good morning to everybody. 239 uh, well, Obviously, we'll be talking Colts and Jags today. Greg Rakestraw going to join us at 8 o'clock. Matt Taylor coming up at 9 o'clock. Uh, we'll give you our thoughts, our predictions, our crappy predictions on what's going to happen with the Colts. Maybe a Sweeney six-pack. I got to get a couple things off my chest. We'll do that uh, as we go today. A good morning to Kevin Bowen, who, Elijah, he has not given up. He is not given up on the, the the Notre Dame fighting Irish. He is draped head to toe. He looks like Lou Holtz's nephew right now. He's ready to go. Look at that. He's ready to go on him Friday. It's the nicest thing you've yeah. ever said to me. Thank you. I will take that on this Friday. It's a big one tomorrow night in South Bend. You have a busy weekend. You have a big game on Sunday, a big game on Saturday. Yeah, Sunday is huge. Again, I've tried to emphasize this throughout the week, Andy. When you talk week six in the NFL, this is a as big as it gets and certainly anytime you lose the first game of a two-game series against the team in Jacksonville that I think we all consider the AFC South favorite it matters to the Colts but honestly if you look at this from both sides of it uh, a Colts win would put them in the driver's seat to get the tiebreaker if it's going to matter down the road to the Jacksonville so uh, big one big one is the Jags return from London after two in a row and the Colts obviously try to end quite the streak down there of not winning since 2014. Yeah, Elijah's starting his day at 6 o'clock or whenever he did. Probably most college kids usually I mean, end the night around that the, hour. The horror. You know? He was like, how, how do you do this? I'm like, it's early. It's not that early. It's still 7 o'clock. I know, for, it's not that bad. For a second, like he acted like we had jobs that mattered. <laughs> yeah. So I appreciate that, yeah. Elijah. We're just talking Colts and Jags, okay? Here on this Friday morning. Mark Dykton's still a little bit under the weather. So Elijah... Filling in on this Friday, uh, as Andy said, Greg Rakestraw at 8. I am curious, a little Mother Nature, the final night here of regular season high school football. If I'm not mistaken, I think I saw Ben Davis uh, bump up their kickoff oh, time okay. a little bit. I don't, the rain tonight? Yeah, yeah. and I think uh, seven o'clock I would or assume so. a little bit more storms than rain. I mean, I, you know, if it's raining, I, I would think you'd still try to keep it in that 7 o'clock slot. So we'll talk with Greg Rakestraw. Uh, coming up here at the top of the 8 o'clock hour, our game tonight is HSC and Brownsburg, an outstanding matchup there to, uh, again, end the regular season before we get the playoffs underway. And Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, coming up at 9 o'clock. Uh, two thoughts on last night. Uh, <laughs> Cinderella's are alive and well in Major League Baseball. And Vegas knows all. The final line was ten and a half, correct? <laughs> oh, in baseball, yeah. I thought you were going to the vomit worthy, boring well, game yeah, that I, we saw yeah, in the yeah. NFL. Yeah, the final line was ten and a half, right? Oh, Chiefs, oh Chiefs ten Broncos? and a half, yeah. That's what I thought I think it got it to eleven. Oh, you mean the okay, gotcha. Yes. Yeah, it was ten and a half. Yeah, it's Vegas. Yeah. And Harrison Bucker makes it from fifty something. No, I think make... it was sixty yards, wasn't it? Uh, the one in the first half. Well, yeah. I but... fell asleep early fourth quarter like everyone else in America, including Al Michaels. He had one 
one at the end of the game to push it to 19 to eight. That was from 50 something yards. So literally, if you were sweating it out on either side of it, you had to stay up till the end for that one. Uh, 52 yarder from Harrison <laughs> Bucker with 155 to go makes the final score 19 to eight. So the Chiefs cover by a half point. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of covering, did you see West Virginia and Houston? West Virginia, I think, was minus That's one of the wilder was, was minus three, seen. and Houston hit a uh, Dana Holgerson uh, how Mary to to win the game. Just I, I just and we have the Steve Smith sound that I want to play. I don't know. Did you hear that? Him getting in a back and forth with Jerry Judy before the game. I did see that. And um, for how much Jerry Judy reacted pregame, he did absolutely nothing. In well, the he game. hasn't done anything. That offense hasn't done anything. I was going to ask Three you. Three catches for 14 yards. I was probably just Judy. going to ask you during a check down if you would want to see the Colts use some sort of a draft pick to go get a guy like Jerry Judy who is underperformed, but, you know, was thought of as a really good player at some point. But that it is it is charming to watch other fan bases go through uh, what Colts fans have went through. And if you're a fan of a, of a team that's crappy right now uh man those broncos are bad <laughs> man they are bad they're awful they are so yeah. bad oh my goodness i mean what did he have russell wilson at like 57 yards going into the fourth quarter of passing yards it, i mean they are bad it, it, their defense finally showed up last night to keep them somewhat in it probably more in it from a vegas line standpoint than anything i don't think i watched that game and thought to myself oh man the broncos yeah, they, they got might, a chance yeah they might actually win this that's 16 in a row they have lost in a row which to, is to their a, rival like imagine if you're the Colts and we talked about the Titans yesterday you lost uh, or you know last week you lost five straight to the Titans and you were ready to pull your hair out okay that's why you needed we grow uh, hair indie right is sure. because of that and and they've lost 16 straight times 16 it's unbelievable they stink Sean Payton stinks and I, you know Russell Wilson is the worst contract in the history of the NFL Dak Prescott's a bad contract Daniel Jones is a bad contract but like you can get out of the Daniel Jones contract you can't get out of Russell Wilson brother <laughs> dead money's like 40 million years they have a first round pick coming up I don't think they do no. I was trying to think back I to don't the trade think, with Seattle. Yeah. Of like, I don't think they do. You know, will they be in Caleb Williams, Ooh. Drake May sweepstakes for Sean Payton and that? So, yeah, it was clunker last night on Ooh. Thursday night football, Ooh. to say the least. Again, the Atlanta Braves, they bow out. So, if you look at the final four in Major League Baseball, 3-1 was the final last night, the Phillies over the Braves. I, I, I find it odd to call it like Cinderella's, but that's what it is. Jeff Passan had an incredible note. Last night, once the final out uh, was made, of the final four teams left. So you've got Rangers, Astros, Diamondbacks, and Phillies. Their collection of wins, I think it's like 350-something hmm. over the course of the regular season. It's the fewest in Major really? League Baseball history. Huh. History. I did not see that. Yo, Jim, For the uh, final four teams. Passing broke his back. Do you yeah, know that? Suffered a bad injury, yeah. yeah he, had like a, he had like a tree fall on him. Yeah, it's a horrifying thing. I did, He's like, yeah. I haven't been, I haven't been writing and reporting for the last two months because I broke my back. Selfishly, it's probably a good injury for our industry. You know, it makes us look a little tougher. Oh, I was gonna say just because we sit around. Sure. <laughs> yeah, because because we don't dig a ditch. And We're eat. not into manual labor at all. And bitch and moan about what the media food looks like. But, 
in the uh, by the way, the Russ box. Wilson, listen to this. Just and we got to move on. Dead cap money. If they were to cut him after this year, the dead cap would be 107 million. Yeah, I mean it's yeah. KB 107 after next year, 85 in 2025. If they wanted to walk away from him, it would be it would be almost 50 mil to walk away from him. Dead cap money. The definition of all <laughs> chips in and it not working out whatsoever. Again, Colts and Jacks coming up Sunday at one. Our coverage will begin. At 10 a.m. as we sit here on this Friday morning, Andy, that's a pretty good-looking Colts injury report, uh, all things considered. Obviously, no Anthony Richardson, and obviously Dallas Flowers is out for the year. But there's a chance you're going to have 20 of 22 starters available. Uh, it looks like your offensive line will be intact, and that is the first time since the start of Week 2 that you'll have that five-man group back there. Um, and a couple things I'm curious about. One is... Okay, stylistically, what looks different? You know, I think a lot of it is going to be timing. I think a lot of it is Gardner Minshew delivers balls on target and you go make the play after the catch. Get Michael Pittman on a crosser. Get Jonathan Taylor in open space on crossers and screens, etc. Like that. Um, And then this kind of goes back to week one where, you know, I think the Colts are probably a bigger long shot in week one. And for me, it was all about your defensive line. And so much of that, I think, is still here in week six a lot has changed personnel wise for the Colts since these two teams met a month ago but the root of it is still there Jacksonville in my opinion is one of the better teams in the league with their quarterback running back wide receiver combos the Colts struggle in defending the perimeter of the field okay so if that's going to be a negative where can you create a positive it's got to be your D-line so your D-line's got to win Jacksonville a little bit banged up on their O-line so if your D-line can again set the tone which I think for the most part it's done that. They've had a few quieter moments here as of late, but for the most part it's done that. Sounds like Quiddy Pay will be back. Outside of the then Rams I think game, you could right? make some competitive fourth I mean, outside of the Rams game. Yeah, don't thought, you kind of feel? I mean, there's I been po- second half Tennessee. You know, there were some moments where I was like, man, sure. Tannehill is finding Hopkins a lot, and some of that's you aren't disrupting enough up front because, again, Andy, he's a statue. I look at your two rookie quarterback cornerbacks and think, I know they're going to struggle. So your front has got to do the heavy lifting. On that end, I know it puts more on the plate of that front, but again, I think you've invested enough up there. So, um, huge one, obviously on on Sunday when you talk about two, three, and two teams and the magnitude of this one in terms of the AFC South. Okay, so I sit here. So Mark Dykton, who's all sick and who's by the way going to be what out next week? He's going to Disney with three kids and perhaps in laws. So that's not a vacation uh, for <laughs> for our guy Mark. I'm sick just he, thinking about that. He texted us and I did not text him back. I saw it too late. A lot going on yesterday. What's your prediction? And I will not say your prediction, but your prediction was basically my prediction for the game on Sunday. Since then, and this is the first time, and now over a month here that we've been picking Indianapolis Colts games, I may go back on my initial pick here. Whoa. I, I, I sit here. What has and, changed? And that would be going from Jacksonville winning to the Colts winning. This is a game more so than others. It doesn't mean my predictions have been right. Some have been right and You've some have so been wrong. You've looked at so many pictures okay? of Gardner Minshew that I, you no, can't get enough? Listen, I don't know. I just, I don't know what it is. To me, the Jacksonville win over Buffalo just had a lot to do with the location of the game. It's how I feel. And Buffalo, you know, Milano gets injured during the game. I guess what I'm trying to say is over the next two hours, here, two and a half hours. I got to figure out who's going to win today, uh, who's going to win Sunday's game. This game confuses me. Like, like are the Colts, 
Are they going to be downtrodden at all that they know AR is not going to be around? And, and, you know, he's not going to be in the game. They are, and then the flip side, they are as healthy, you mentioned it, as they've been. The Minshew factor. I mean, part of me feels like he's going to take care of the ball and he's going to do what he does. Part of me feels like he's going to make those one or two mistakes that ultimately leads to, you know, seven points, ten points, whatever it is for Jacksonville, and they end up winning. I am, and then on top of it, and I know we'll dive into this deeper at 7.30. You have the entire, what is Shane Sykin going to do with Jonathan Taylor? What's he going to do with JT? How many touches? How many reps? Do they use him? Do they use him as a decoy? Uh, do they use he and Zach Moss together in the backfield? What wrinkles does Shane Steichen have that can, you know, maybe surprise Jacksonville and get some freebie points? I, I don't know. There's this in, in Jacksonville until that game went final in London against Buffalo. I had very little respect for what Jacksonville at two and two had accomplished. I thought they were kind of one of the more, you know, kind of, kind of whatever disappointing teams. I am, this is one where I probably feel like Jacksonville's going to win, but man, the last 24 hours, for some reason, Colts close is starting to pull at me a little bit, and, and I just, and, and you know, listen, I mean, the Colts are solid, and they're healthy other places, offensive line, defensive line. two-week London hangover? I think some I don't Jacksonville know I, fans are worried about yeah, that. Yeah, I, I don't know if I believe First that. time in NFL history we've seen a team go back-to-back internationally yeah. and then come back and play in the States. It, I, I guess that's kind of the reverse of, of well, that the would Buffalo be, thought, be, right? It would be a good thing for the Colts. I mean, yeah, sure, if it helps them just a little bit, helps them 2% in the game. I don't know. I just and Jacksonville I, also plays Thursday night coming up. Yeah, so it, I, I hate to be wishy-washy, but I sit here today at 7-13, and I'm a little like conflicted on what I think is going to happen. And the big wild card is what they do with Jonathan Taylor. It is. Yeah, a superstar I, I player. I'm too conflicted on what how I see Sunday playing out. Um, you know, to, to the Taylor point, you know, when you talk about what you're losing in Anthony Richardson from a run game standpoint, I know it's kind of an extinct package to a degree in the NFL, but I am curious if you're trying to still create like a dual threat nature to your running back, do you put those two back there together? I, I do. do. Do you wildcat it? I, 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 I know those are things that maybe yeah, might do something, man. sounds a little like video game-like, but that is a missing ingredient with Gardner Minshew that I'm curious how you try and replicate that coming up. On Sunday, we will also lay the land for college football this weekend. Andy has acknowledged <laughs> a heavy amount of Notre Dame fandom on my body here, <laughs> as Marcus Freeman has quite a big one tomorrow night in South Bend. I do like the green, though. Thank you. I, I like that shade of green. It's a good one. Noon kickoffs for Purdue and Indiana. We've talked about the Indiana line. That is at 33 Oof. against Michigan. Purdue 19 and a half point underdog at home against Ohio State. Home hasn't been too, too kind to Ryan Mm-mm. Walters Mm-mm. this season, but Purdue's actually played Ohio State pretty well, particularly at Ross-Aid, so uh, we'll see how Ohio State reacts to a, a bit of a struggle with Maryland for a couple of quarters there before they pulled away, and obviously Purdue losing to Iowa last week at Kinnick Stadium. So a lot to unpack here on this Friday. Again, I am Kevin Bowen. He is Andy Sweeney. Thank you to Elijah for filling in today. From Mark Dykton on this Friday. We'll set the scene for a busy, busy football weekend here on Friday the 13th. You are listening to the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy right here on 93.5-1075 The Fan. The Morning Checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 1075 The Fan. 
All right, your morning check down. And again, Greg Rakestraw going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts at 9 o'clock. Your morning check down has to lead off. Kansas City moves to 5-1, and one, and they move to 16 straight over the Denver Broncos with a 19-8 win last night. Russell Wilson, 13-22, 95 yards and a couple interceptions. Truly, if you look at, uh, did you start Cortland Sutton, by the way? I went with William. Well, some some teams I did uh, okay. start Sutton. I, I'm in that right. desperate of a mode. He got a but touchdown. I started Williams, and he was decent. Yeah. He, had, he had the two-point conversion. Yeah, there you go. So four for 46 and a touch for Cortland Sutton. He's the only positive. And, of course, Travis Kelsey, the big knight in more ways than one. Nine catches. Whoa. A buck hey 24. Uh, Elijah rolled his eyes when I said that. No, that was a college brain for Elijah that was all over that one. Yeah, I, I just, I have been, you know what? Today I woke up, and I'm like, do I, do I want to be mean and ugly about this on the air? Let me think about it. Maybe in the eight o'clock hour. No, maybe gosh, in the, maybe what? in the eight o'clock hour. It's quite the tease there. Tired of, from... t- you're tired of Taylor Swift, aren't you, Elijah? So I was and watching yeah, last yeah, night. Like... We, were, we were speculating is she going to be at the game? And I'm thinking, of course no, she's going to be at the game. Her. And then of course Travis Kelsey scores that big run, and then there she is, and they yeah. show a slow motion uh, replay of oh, her yeah. cheering of and, her cheering, uh, hugging Brittany Mahomes uh, on yeah, a on a no, on a normal first quarter play that he's it's made a lot three thousand times with Mrs. Kelsey and Brittany Holmes for me. If I were Taylor Swift, I might bring a few more friends to the game. When they break up, she'll forget Brittany Holmes' name. Try to avoid some of that. All right, if you're flipping back and forth as I was last night, you had the Phillies. Get it done. 3-1 over the Braves. Nick Cassianos with two homers. First player in a Major League Baseball history to have back-to-back games with multi-home run games. And so they advance. So we have the final four set in the AL in the NL. On the AL, it'll be the Rangers and the Astros. That series gets underway. I believe it's Saturday. Got to wait till Monday for the NL. That will be the Diamondbacks and the Phillies. So, again, as we said in the opener, Andy, you have the collection of four teams left. It is the least amount of regular season wins in league history. This has been the most, everyone described it, the most yeah. upset-filled, Cinderella-filled uh, baseball postseason. I am good with that part, but Andy, can we get just a couple series to go the distance? Yeah. Or yeah. even somewhat to the distance. Yeah, baseball struggling. I mean, the Braves Philly series. I mean, even what? last night, it was yeah. still game four. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was at least, well, it, at least it made it to game sure. four. It didn't like, look like it was going to. Uh, so, two things on this. I want to play this Castiano sound in just a second, but just, and this might be for JMV and all you Reds fans, okay? Remember, you didn't want to pay Castiano's. Who took a five-year, one hundred million dollar deal? Weren't you blaming Joey Votto as the Reds' no, problem? No, 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 but a twenty-one contract because they had Joey Votto. They can't pay Nick Castellanos. So when you think you have all these young players that are moving up through your system that you're going to pay him, you wouldn't pay Castellanos, who's getting ready to win a World Series. Perhaps you wouldn't pay him twenty million dollars a year, which is nothing. I mean, the Colts are going to pay Michael Pittman more next year. <laughs> twenty. I mean, Castellanos is a good player. Now, last night, is it is it Matt Weiner or is it Matt Weiner? <laughs> After his comments last night, it's probably okay. the former. Okay, so they threw down to the field on, what was it, TBS, uh, to Castellanos, and here's the back and forth. It's funny. You just did, and you guys are headed to the NLCS. Where's the question in that? There's no question. Okay, thank you for telling me. I, I thought you'd be happy with that. Uh, I am, man, but we got eight more wins. Yeah, that's I love a, that. That's a little lazy on the field. Part of me yeah. wants to be like, Castellanos, yeah. just go with it. But yeah, then part but, of me is but like, it is lazy. It is lazy. <laughs>
<laughs> so yeah. But granted, three one the winners. Straw and Matt Taylor show up at eight and nine. I'll probably be lazy and not totally. Th- that's why I'm not making fun of it because I'm going to do. Yeah, I'm going to do the same thing at eight oh seven today. Ask them a question. <laughs> uh, all right, Colts final practice of the week coming up here a little bit later. Again, it's a pretty good looking injury report, all things considered. Uh, Mo Alley Cox was in a red jersey yesterday as he tries to progress through concussion protocol. So I'd assume if he doesn't go, you could see Will Mallory back in the lineup who had some flashes earlier in the season. Braden Smith did not practice Wednesday, upgraded to limited yesterday, so you could be looking at your healthy, intact starting offensive line for the first time since week two. On the flip side, a couple injuries to note on Jacksonville. No Walker Little, that's one of their starting offensive linemen, and no Zay Jones. And I bring that up, Andy, because I think such a big matchup in this game is Obviously, Calvin Ridley mm-hmm. speaks for itself. It's the depth of Jacksonville's pass catchers that I think is really alarming to the Colts. Because if you want to go say, hey, Kenny Moore, you go follow Calvin Ridley around, well, they still got Christian Kirk. They still got Zay Jones. They still have Evan Ingram. Well, if you take Zay Jones out of that, that I think helps the Colts. Because again, Jacksonville's got great depth in the pass catching spots. The Colts, we know, has struggled pass defense wise. They don't have great depth there. So I think another bit of good news with this one. Again, it is a four-point spread, Jacksonville being the favorite here heading into Sunday. Yeah, the only other thing I would have, uh, and it's being pretty widely reported, both Daniel Jones and Deshaun Watson not going to be playing uh, coming up this weekend. Deshaun Watson was a tricky one. You thought he would just miss one game and be back. It said he's not going to be back, and I think they're sitting him because they had the Niners rolling into town. (laughs) Well, and and that obviously matters here locally because the Browns come to town next week, so it could be P.J. Walker and the Browns inside of Lucas Oil. couple other quick items before uh, we dive deeper into Colts and Jags. In college football, the noon slate tomorrow. You'll have Indiana up at the big house trying to pull off the upset of all upsets. Ohio State is at ross to take on the Boilers. That is a Peacock game noon. I feel like Purdue's on Peacock every week. It's the second uh, time, right? It's and at least the second time. Notre Dame and USC. That is the night game in South Bend. And Elijah, I'm sure you were paying attention yesterday to Kyle Larson passing the rookie orientation over at IMS for the Indianapolis 500 in 2024. Safe to say, when we get to the month of May next year, that is going to be one of the biggest storylines we've had in recent Indy 500s. It's so cool to have that back in history because the last guy who did it was Kurt Busch. Which is what, 14? It was was like 14 or 13. And at the time, I I hated NASCAR. And so I did not (laughs) care that Kurt Busch was racing. I didn't respect what he was doing. But now I do because I'm older and I I appreciate all motorsports more. So to have Kyle Larson back. Yeah, I like that. To have someone like Kyle Larson who is really uh, one of the few guys nowadays that has raced sprint cars and is now going to race in the 500. Uh, it's great to have kind of bring that road back, even though obviously he went through NASCAR to get here. But. You know, I say this almost annually. Give me all the Indy 500 storylines. I, I, you know, Fernando Alonso, Kurt, but like I, I don't care what the background is, females, males, you know, wh- whatever. Uh, <laughs> give, give it to me all. I, I want everybody to be. I want this to be as open of an event, and then see if you can, you know, man up for lack of a better phrase when it comes down to 200 laps and obviously just qualifying to be honest with you with how uh, things went Listen, with I- Fernando Alonso so Kyle Larson yesterday again passes rookie orientation he will be with Aero McLaren coming up next May. I know we're I know we're late for a break we got to just quickly what is in orientation do they have to stand up and he has to say what is what is, you know am I, here's my name here's where I live yeah, what do they do in orientation so basically all the IndyCar drivers around in a circle you have to give them an icebreaker and then you have to play off that icebreaker for gotcha. 15 minutes gotcha
That's what I figured. Yeah, I'm joking yeah. there. Uh, yeah. That's not what it is, Elijah. Elijah. No. I'm joking. Yeah. Feel free to correct yeah. me, but what, like 15 laps at 210 miles per hour, yeah. 15 laps it's at 215, 15 laps, you know, something like that at 220. So Kyle Larson gets that done yesterday. So he'll be good to go when the month of May arrives coming up in 2024. All right. On the other side, it is Minshew Mania against his former team coming up on Sunday. We know it's been a house of horrors for the Colts down there. Without winning since 2014, what are the keys? How to utilize Jonathan Taylor in his second game? All of that. A little bit of Anthony Richardson talk coming up on the other side. You'll listen to the wake-up call. KB and Andy right here on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. It's the wake-up call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5, The Fan. All right, Greg Rakestraw going to join us at 8 o'clock. Matt Taylor coming up at 9 o'clock. So football Friday on the fan. All the pregame coverage beginning at 10 a.m. on Sunday. Colts and Jags, and we'll talk a lot about it here. You know, just one quick thought, KB, that I had getting ready for today, and obviously I'm getting closer and closer to picking the Colts winning on Sunday, uh, is, you know, and this is, you know, obviously if they win, we know what the reaction around here is going to be. And, and hell, you know what the reaction around the NFL is going to be. You know, just one quick thing. Um, you know, I guess if Indy were to lose, and, and I really feel this, and I think you'll be with me on this, but I guess we'll figure it out, is, you know, everyone is, you know, there's not a lot of panic right now, and that's because Minshew has been solid, and the team around him has stepped up and been solid, and they've won games, right? And they've won games, the game in Baltimore where Anthony Richardson doesn't play, and we look at, you know, against Tennessee, and we look, uh, we look at the Houston game a few weeks ago, and Minshew comes in in both of those games in the second quarter. And now he was spotted some points. And, you know, obviously in that Houston game was spotted a couple touchdowns by AR. But, you know, you look at it and I think there is a lack of panic. And that's just because people respect Minshew. And I think they look at the running game and the O-line and the D-line and, and Shane Steichen. And they're like, OK, we can be in games. Um, and that makes total sense, that analysis. If that happens, I feel like this time around, even with Minshew, there's not a moral victory Monday for us if they don't win on Sunday. And there was a little bit of that when they played week one, right? Because Richardson goes out. and well, it's we, his first ever yeah, NFL start. It, yeah, yeah, it was his first NFL start. And at that point, we kind of entered this season where the majority of the pregame conversation was, they're going to win four games. They're going to win three games. And now they've already, you know, bypassed some of that. And they're better than maybe what we thought. No, they are better than what we thought. And so, I don't know. I, I, I feel like there's going to be, if they go up and they lay an egg or they don't win on Sunday, I feel like there's going to be disappointment and we're going going to react like a normal loss and I and I felt like that first game we came in here on Monday and it was you know we, we were excited about AR but we were we were not totally disappointed with the loss even though it you know should have been a one score game maybe I'm wrong but I think they'll be because people respect Minshew they'll you know they're expecting to go up there and play good against well, Jacksonville I think to add to it when you haven't won there since 2014 Colts fans I mean I, I had a listener Brian text me uh, this morning, he's like, "Hey, listen to the show on the way to the airport, heading down to Jacksonville, trying to end the streak." <laughs> good for him. Like that's that's a thing. I mean, yeah, you, you, good for you're, him. You're trying to end a streak, and you know, I was talking to Mike Chappell yesterday in the media room. He was like, "Yeah, Reggie Wayne 
texted me earlier in the week and was like, when's the last time we've won <laughs> in Jacksonville? And Chap was like, Reggie, you were playing the last time. It's a good humble brag as well. Well, well, you know, Reggie went and he'll... Sure. Yeah, sure he, yeah. Now, he texts everyone, but I'm well, just saying, I well, like that. Ch- Chap and him do have yeah. a pretty close oh, relationship. I'm sure. But um, that's how long it's been. So I, I think when you add that in there, and, and go back to week one. Week one, I mean, Andy, you had a lead with eight minutes to go in that game. You had a lead and everything changed on a punt. Rigoberto Sanchez finally hits a good punt. You know, he struggled in week one. And Jalen Jones, the rookie, is kind of looking for it. And all of a sudden, it bounces. Jamal Agnew, um, their explosive punt returner, is able to be kind of Johnny on the spot. He picks it up, and boom, he goes 40 yards the other way. And that sets up a Jacksonville offense that had kind of gotten stagnant. Plus, Anthony Richardson looked good for a half mm-hmm. in week one. It, right. Again, all things considered, that was a great game when you you know were factoring in his first NFL start. How would he look? Those sorts of things. Um, I just feel like the eyes that we viewed that game was, a lot of people viewed that game, ah, they're going to win three or four games. And now I don't feel that way about the Colts. I feel like parts of their team are really good and can keep them in the the game, obviously. Plus, I still think people don't want to believe in Jacksonville. Like, well, it, and that's me. I raised my hand. It's Jacksonville. Like, it still shows up on the schedule as Jacksonville. And, and that's just like, you just can't get all the way there with it. Honestly, in a way, Andy, it's probably how, as a Notre Dame fan, I've like reacted to Duke and Louisville on the schedule. I mean, you you said to me mm-hmm. a couple weeks ago, it's Duke. You can't lose to Duke in football. <laughs> Duke's but it's not like, bad. Well, Duke's not bad. Like, yeah, Jacksonville top 25 now, team. Like, they're kind of good. This is not Urban Meyer's Jags from even a couple of years ago. Um, but, you know, as far as Sunday is concerned with Minshew, again, we talked about it a little bit in the 9 o'clock hour yesterday. Stylistically, the ball's coming out quick with him. Uh, you're not going to take many shots down the field. Obviously, the biggest ingredient missing with him versus Richardson is the lack of a run threat. He is going to protect the ball. I mean, that is something he is going to do. He has been that throughout his career. So I almost feel like, and this goes back to something you said earlier about Gardner on Sunday. Andy, I'm less worried about him making the typical backup quarterback mistake or two. You know, it's like, oh boy, you got to avoid the pick six. Mm-hmm. You got to avoid the fumble that sets up a short field. I don't worry as much about that with Minshew. What I worry about is when you've got a third and seven in the red zone, is this dude going to convert it and you turn three points into seven? So I worry more about him creating versus mistaking, if that even makes sense. No, like, it's, I, it's I a perfect think, way to look at it. That's fine, yeah. You know, again, Jacob Beeson gets in the game a few years ago, boom, throws a pick to Jalen Ramsey and the third play's out there. I don't view Minshew doing that. I view a, does this offense get stuck in mud? And maybe I'm viewing too much in the Baltimore prism because you go back to the Baltimore game, what happened? Drive stalled routinely. Drive stalled routinely. He played for field goals, yeah. Way back in field goal range, and Matt Gay saved the day. So my question becomes a little bit of who's going to save the day with Minju? Because I just think you need a little bit extra. With him at quarterback, it lacks juice. Um, again, you can methodically keep yourself in it, and if Jacksonville doesn't run away from you, then who knows what will happen if you put game pressure on them late and you know wh- where their leg's at coming back from London after a couple weeks. All those things I think you'd be trying to do. But for me with Minshew, it's a little bit less to do with him making the catastrophic backup quarterback, this is why I started that fantasy football defense playing against him sort of mistake, versus do you have an offense that settles for a couple of more field goals or just stalls out a little bit earlier, whereas a Richardson-led offense, they would make an extra first down 
with his legs or something like that. I'm looking at the weather in Jacksonville. It's supposed to be great, 79 on Sunday. 79, pleasant, with less humid and sunshine. (laughs) That's what I'm talking about. That's beautiful, right? I mean, mean, is there anything better than than high 70s sunshine, pleasant, little um, football? Come on. Can I go somewhere with Anthony Richardson? Yeah, let's go. Real quick. Yesterday, walking out to practice and... Again, I, I just feel bad for the kid. Like, you, you know, he's out there, and it's like, at one point, he takes the sling off, and I mean, hell, the right arm is still just dangling like none other, and then he puts the sling back on. I'm like, and the other thing is, I'm like, dude, why are you even wearing the red practice jersey? <laughs> well, <laughs> don't you just cut? I, I feel like he when, wants to feel like the team. I, I, I know. He wants just, to be a part of the team, man, KB. Come on, man. Whatever shirt you put on first thing in the morning, just rock that put throughout a, the day. Yeah, put a cold shirt on. You don't need to have a jersey. I'm oh. like, oh, God. Oh, man. And more, it's like changing multiple <laughs> shirts throughout the day with that injury that he has right now. Um, but And I saw Stephen Holder wrote this, and Stephen was, if I'm not mistaken, was sourcing kind of people inside the Colts building on this, and I'm scratching my head at it a little bit. Basically, the theme of the story, and you know, we'll certainly ask Stephen about this when he joins us next week, the theme of the story was more of Anthony Richardson needs to protect himself better. That was kind of the theme inside the Colts building. I, I, I don't. I'm not there. Like I, I, I I'm not either. I don't view Josh Allen, Andrew no. Luck, recklessness. It's second and twelve, and if we don't get this first down, my life is on the line. Like I, I'm going to give up my entire body for this. Again, I have seen, and I went back and watched pretty much the first two and a half quarters yesterday. I had some time to kill in the afternoon, but I wanted to, or I guess one and a half quarters whenever Richardson exited. I wanted to go back and watch Richardson from Sunday. There was like an option play, Andy, mm-hmm. where like he could have kind of held it or he, he could have absorbed the hit and he like pitched it early, quote unquote. What did it do? It avoided a hit. So like I see him making pretty good sound decisions in terms of avoiding hits. I see the injuries coming off design runs. And, and so for me, I, to me, that's too much to like put on the kid to be like, nope, you need to protect yourself even more, man. Like, Three of the four injuries have been on design runs. What else is he supposed to do on those plays? I go back to what I was saying yesterday, and I don't want to go back to the math problem that we had, but if you're talking design runs, and let's say you have eight design runs for him each and every week, that number to me needs to shrink a little bit. It doesn't need to shrink all the way. Again, don't eliminate limit don't eliminate so can you limit eight to four or something like that so again i i don't think this tone of richardson's got to protect himself yeah better. I, don't, I don't like that no 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 i think again you don't need to totally eliminate his ability to run i don't want to act like shane seconds got to remove all of that out of the playbook but i think the colts need to do their part in saying all right anthony you're a wonderful talent we know naturally you're going to fall into some running sort of situations you have protected yourself better when you have run here lately but okay a few more business decisions whether it is a go out of bounds here You'll slide here. Those sorts of things. Go back and watch that Harold Landry play. What else was he supposed to do on that play? That's like, a, it's a, to me, it's a losing conversation. KB, I've been consistent with this. It's a losing conversation. When we get to – when a guy is not being reckless and we're saying – He's not Josh yeah, Allen. And you're saying you need, to, you need to protect yourself more. We are in a <laughs> – we're in a spot to where, in my opinion, you don't want to be. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, uh, yeah, you, you yeah, don't you yeah. don't want to be in this conversation. Now, I believe it was in in the Titans game as well, was it not? A play on the right side where he kind of rolled out. Two defenders were looking at him. He laid down. He got one yard. He didn't put his head down and get yeah. three and a half yards. He got one yard. And that go, could have been second and six. I go back to the Rams game. You know, okay, it's his first game back after the concussion. You know, Shane Steichen going to change anything? Is Richardson going to change anything? Well, a couple things. What does Richardson do? He slides on the first mm-hmm. play of the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the crowd rejoices. <laughs> what does Shane Steichen? The, the Bronx cheer. Shane Sykin runs him three design plays in the first eight. <laughs> he does it again. I'm yeah. like, okay, like find a little bit of a happy medium here with this. So I I just wanted to make sure that we mentioned that. And we'll see later today. Again, I'm not holding my breath, Andy, but it's the first time we've heard from Shane Steichen since Wednesday. So the questions will continue to be asked of, okay, is surgery still on the mm. table? And I guess the question I have, Andy, is well. I guess it's that right there. Is surgery still on the table? Are, are we in a wait and see period? Is this a rehab for a week or two and then see if surgery is necessary? Or have we already eliminated surgery one way or the other? But, you know, as a bed, nope, there's no need for it. We're full in on rehab. Or he needs to rest things for 10 days. We'll reevaluate. He needs to rest things for 10 days and then we'll have surgery. Or is so, it, or is it, you mentioned a week or two. Is it four weeks? Is it, four hey, weeks let, of rehab? yeah, let, let's see where we are in four or five weeks and then we'll make a decision. That's kind of, you know, uh, the sound we played the other day when Ian Rappaport from the NFL Network was on with JMV, that's how he made it sound. Like, hey, it's going to be all this rest and then when you get to the end of four weeks, five weeks, that bye week, the New England game in Germany, whatever it may be, then you have the conversation of, okay, where are we in, you know, I hate saying a month, but where are we in about four weeks? And then we can make, and then we can kind of make that decision. Uh, I, I, yeah, I mean, because I don't know, you know, I'm trying to figure out, okay, what does Steichen, what is he going to say? Because if it is, we're going to wait for, you know, four weeks or so, he's not going to have an answer for the next four weeks. Right? Oh, uh, well, he's rehabbing. Like, what's he going to say, right? The rehab is going to be incomplete, right? If he, if we ask next week and the week after and he's doing all these press conferences and Zooms and it's three weeks, he says, well, we're, you know, we're, we're still resting it. He's, he's progressing and we're still gathering information. The question I had for you, I mentioned this Monday or Tuesday, and it's just a guess and it's just a conversation piece. Often, Sunday morning, you know, Schefter, Rappaport, right, right. and everybody else. They, they, you know, you wake up, you know, we're wait. Elijah's not, he's sleeping in. Uh, but, you know, KB and I, I don't know if you sleep in at all, Kevin, okay? Uh, but if I, I'm up at 6 30 yeah, in the morning, 6 a.m. Well, there, well, there you go. So if you, you wake up and you look at your phone, it's the first thing we all do. What do you see? Well, such and such isn't going to play this week. It's trending that, you know, this guy's going to try it out in pregame. Saquon Barkley's going to play. Deshaun Watson's not going to play. And there's usually a couple nuggets in there that are surprising. And so these guys wait to Sunday because we have 19 hours of pregame shows before we get to these games at 1 o'clock. And I'm wondering, do you think there's any sort of an update on Anthony Richardson this soon, this weekend from a national guy? That's the other side of it. Yeah, I think that is a fair point to make. And obviously, we'll have to monitor that over the weekend. I wanted to find this Will Carroll tweet. I thought he made a comment yesterday in relation to Richardson being in a sling. Um, I'll look for that. But uh, I, I thought he mentioned that he didn't think that was a good sign. So I, I actually texted him. Uh, who knows if he's up at this hour. Uh, but I was just kind of curious for a little bit more on that end in regards to uh, 
to you text him this morning or last night? Uh, this morning. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Is he? Mm-hmm. He's here in Indy, right? Yes. Uh huh. Okay. That's yeah, what yeah. I thought. Okay. Yeah. Well, I was making sure he wasn't in, you know, Montana, like no, L.A. or no, something. No, no. He had texted him at six no, a.m. It's three a.m. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. No, no, no. That's he's what here. I thought. Was Bryce Harper good last night? By the way. I mean, I don't know. R- His r- hair looked good. Well, did you see him? Yeah. Uh, I forget who the Braves batter was. Ran into his elbow. Oh, no, I didn't see there that. There first. No. Yeah, I mean, it looked very, like, funny bonish, but at the same time, you know, given Anthony or, uh, Bryce Harper's injury history, that obviously was a big deal. He there, was one so. for two with two walks. So he a, had one. A he, solid game from Bryce Harper. He had one shot there late, seventh or eighth, that I thought could have been the ice. Um, could have iced the game there, shot to the warning track, but it was caught. So, again, the Phillies do advance in that one. Do you think it's a stupid idea to even bring up the old Wildcat? Jonathan Taylor, <laughs> you know, you Zach Moss. Re- okay, so the running is this 2008? Is okay. this Ronnie Brown okay, and so Cadillac who, Williams? That's what that was going to be my question. It was it just those two? Was it Ronnie Brown and Cadillac? Was there anyone else that was involved when Miami did that to New England? Uh, I would say. Yeah, I would say it's something that's not going to happen unless you're in a short yardage situation and you don't want to do this stupid tush push, which I'm tired of already. Tush push. The tush push. Has has Steichen done that here? Yeah, they got stuffed in week one. Remember that? See, yeah, he threw, You know what he did? He says, this ain't this ain't Philly. I'm throwing that crap away. Oh, right no, I, I, think he, I think he will definitely <laughs> use it again. Oh, I think he probably will. Uh, I If you gave me like two or three times during the game – I think Steichen's going to have to have a wrinkle here to try to get himself some points, whether that be a touchdown, whether that be, you know, a couple field goals from Matt Gay. Remember the first time, now this isn't a Steichen thing, you know, DeForest Buckner has the big return for a touchdown, you know, in all all of that. It was a pretty chaotic week one. Again, if you think about what has changed since week one, Andy, first off, Anthony Richardson is no longer in the lineup. Look at your running backs from week one. Deion Jackson, Evan Hull, and Jake Funk. Now it's Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor. <laughs> Think about your cornerbacks. Obviously, Kenny Moore's still there, but that was Dallas Flowers and Daryl Baker Jr. Now it's you know Jalen Jones and Juju Brents. Jacksonville does have their left tackle in Cam Robinson, who they did not have in week one. But the game itself, I mean, it had some crazy moments. And I thought, I just thought Jacksonville had some big-time throws and catches. Like, I thought Lawrence fit the balls into some crazy windows. And there were some moments where I'm like, oh, that... That Colt DB is right there. And then, boom, Evan Ingram brings it down. Remember how that – was it Zay Jones on the touchdown catch? Yeah, it was Zay Jones, oh. yeah. One of the better catches of the year. Still is, by the way. Yeah, I mean, Christian yeah, Kirk is. made some plays. Obviously, Calvin Ridley. So, you know, those kind of competitive moment of truce sort of 50-50 situations, can you win a few more of those? But it, it, it's a little bit joking with the Wildcat idea. But, again, you're missing such an ingredient with not having Richardson's run threat. Oh, they could do it. How do you duplicate that? And I guess how do you kind of get Moss and Taylor on the field together here? You know, sticking in Moss's belly and and faking it up the middle, and then, boom, all of a sudden it's a swing pass to Taylor, and he's in the open field. I think them getting Taylor in the open field is something we're going to see. That is kind of Minshew's strength. I hit you in stride. It's great timing. You don't have to break stride, and you go make a play after the catch. I think they're going to try that with Taylor. Certainly, and and even a little bit of Michael Pittman coming up on Sunday. All right, on the other side, Greg Rakestraw. I know right now it doesn't look like it, but I believe some ugly mother nature potentially tonight for our final week of the high school football season. So we will chat with Rake about that coming up on the other side. It is the wake-up call with KB and Andy on 93.5, 107.5, The Fan. 
It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. The uh, the music choices between Elijah and Mark Dykton. Yeah. Uh-huh. R- rather opposite. I mean, I mean, Elijah's got like love music here. What is this? Elijah's like Titanic a, or something. Elijah's a, a bit of an old soul. Unanswered <laughs> Dreams by the, the uh, 1990s emo <laughs> punk band Jejun. <laughs> Now, Elijah, is there any significance? Is this a message to Greg Reichstraw at all? Yes, he is so good that I regret not talking to him more when I produce for him. Well, you did call him Rakestraw when you called him. Not even, not even not Greg. Even you just, you just went with Rakestraw. Not Rake, not Greg. None of the things that he goes by, which I appreciate. They're on those terms, maybe. <laughs> maybe they are. Yeah, today's the emo day. I want it to be all emo day on this Friday. Uh, Mark usually would have Slipknot to uh, to welcome Greg Rakestraw <laughs> to the show. Well, let's get Rake in here on the Payless Liquors Hotline on this Football Friday on the Fan. Uh, you'll obviously hear him after the uh, Colts and Jets. Eggs on Sunday, Greg, or as he said, Rake Straw. Good afternoon or good morning. How are you today, sir? How's everything going? Let, let me give him a <laughs> give you guys a reason why he says that. So he and I often converse when I call Bob Lovell on Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk, and usually when I call that show for whatever reason, I go, "Hey, it's Rake Straw here. How you doing?" <laughs> so he is used to hearing me say that. So he gets a free pass to go straight last name. It's okay. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, Well, let's start here. Uh, The elation in the win. How did that feel? Obviously, a jubilous uh, post-game show after the Colts beat the Titans, but I guess also kind of a dark cloud, the AR injury. When you saw him go down holding his right shoulder, what did you think? And then obviously the first part of that, the elation of such a big win and stopping a couple different streaks by getting a win over the Titans and getting a win finally and Lucas Oil on Sunday? You know, it was a lot to digest, and and it was far more positive. And I think that leads to the overarching winning is the ultimate deodorant. Winning is the thing that cures all ills. And I think that there has been a a bit of a, almost kind of a recalibration, um, you know, of, of clearly what's expected for this team, but I think for the outlook for fans as well. I think all of us were kind of so conditioned to say, hey, this is going to be a developmental year. This is all going to be about the progress of Anthony Richardson. You know, don't get caught up in the in the wins and losses as much. Let's just talk about how number five progresses. That was kind of the general outlook on September the 1st. Now that we're back to the middle of October, it is, holy crap, this team might win the division. They might be a playoff team. And that is with Anthony Richardson potentially not factoring into it. Now, if the next four, five, six weeks don't go that well, if, you know, Gardner Minshew, because teams now will completely scout for him, and I heard this being talked about yesterday, um, I, and I think it was Kevin that was saying, I want to make sure I give the proper attribution. If the running game changes because you don't have Anthony Richardson back there, and you can much more key on the tailback, knowing that Minshew is not going to be a guy he can continue plays with his feet. So you're not going to call design run plays. For and, and if this team kind of gets stagnant, then you can be kind of down in the dumps about an Anthony Richardson injury. But if this team is winning and continuing to win, I think that is going to be the overwhelming emotion that you go, man, yeah, it's a bummer that Anthony Richardson's not playing. Yeah, we're going to get a chance to see as much of him this year as possible, but isn't first place great? 
winning is the ultimate deodorant. Winning is the ultimate thing you are striving for. And clearly there might have been a few more pieces in place here than maybe some of us gave this team credit for going into the season. Rick, I want to make sure that we do hit on um, high school football coming up the last week of the regular season. I know Mother Nature could impact some things tonight, so we'll do that here in just a sec. But to stick with the Colts, yesterday I, I was speaking with a, a guy that you might say was the best acquisition this team had in the offseason. Who do you think I'm talking about? <laughs> and, and, and to be fair, it probably falls in more of the under-the-radar category. All right, so 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 you're you're saying it's not Matt Gay is what you're talking about? It is not Matt Gay. It is not Anthony Richardson. It's a coach, it is, isn't it? It's is not Shane Steichen. Is it a coach? Would it would it be Josh Downs? It would be offensive line coach Tony Sperano Jr. Um, I, I, maybe it's too much credit. Maybe it's not. Um, I think this time last year, Rake, as the season started to unravel, it was like, how long is Chris Strasser going to keep his job, the offensive line coach? And he kept it uh, amidst the Marcus Brady, amidst the Frank Reich, amidst the benching of you know random quarterbacks. And all of a sudden, you really didn't do anything. Now, I, I think personnel-wise, Bernard Ryman from October 13th last year to October 13th this year is a much different presence at left tackle. Sure. But for, you know they've kept their same starting five from last season. And it's it's interesting, Rake. I don't know if you've listened to Sperano yet, but basically, how he and the offensive linemen have talked, it's almost like a we just needed to come together a little bit more. It, it it's like almost like an off the field sort of bonding experience, which I know probably plays into a little bit on the field. It's just interesting how they have talked about their offensive line improvement because it's not very personnel driven. And I do think Tony Sperano Jr. You have to give him credit for certainly being a part of that. And the funny thing is, KB, is that because there were so many other issues this team had to fix, that's the one that we all just kind of said in talking about him. Not that, hey, you know, they'll just figure it out. It was more along the lines of they're going to have to figure it out. In other words, you had to fix quarterback. You brought in two options to do that. Uh, You needed help at cornerback. You drafted a local kid in the second round. You needed more help at wide receiver. That's your third-round pick. He looked really good. You didn't address offensive line in terms of any depth piece until you got to day three of the draft, and that was you know multiple picks. And obviously, we've seen Blake Freeland each of the last two weeks. But like every conversation we had about the offensive line through September was they'd better figure it out, <laughs> and, and and clearly they have. And so that was the hope was that if you could keep the group together, there were enough good pieces there. If you change the voice that was talking to them, that may click. And it, clearly that has been the case, and that has been such a welcome change for the Indianapolis Colts. And again, I think the presence of Steichen, obviously not having statues at quarterback, Bernard Ryman being a definite left tackle piece, whereas you were just in full-on scramble slash baptism by fire last year at that position with him. I think all of that helps. But you know, I was skeptical when they hired Sperano, thinking this dude hasn't even coached a position group in the NFL. He had just been assistant coach. So I wanted to make sure that I that I snuck that in there. Greg Rakestraw with us. Pay less liquors hotline on this football front. 
Friday on the fan. Uh, one thing I'm super interested in, Rake, to see on Sunday is, you know, the emergence, more reps, more touches to Jonathan Taylor. I mean, it's going to be, you know, we talk offensive line, keeping Minshew uh, clean and healthy and getting Moss out there, who has been one of the MVPs, obviously, of this team. Uh, what are you hoping to see? What do you think we'll see as they expand the role of a now healthy Jonathan Taylor? A successful running game. And I don't care who touches the ball. Yeah, you're going to get Jonathan Taylor more carries. I mean, basically, when he was in there last week, the ball was going to him. So I'm sure that you guys have snap counts. I know it was seven touches that Jonathan Taylor had. I'm not sure his snap count was more than seven last week. It was, it was pretty ten. close to Was it, it ten? Yeah, it was uh, ten. ten. There you go. So three times he was on the field, the ball didn't go his way. Um, is his snap count going to go up? Yes. Are his touches going to go up? Yes. But you also don't mess with a heater. You don't mess with winning. And Zach Moss is crushing it. I mean, he's, what, third or fourth in the league in rushing and didn't play in the first game. He's basically 20, 30-ish yards away from having his best rushing season in his previous you know, three years, now four-year NFL career. Um, keep feeding him the ball. Yeah, I want to see Jonathan Taylor more, but don't mess with winning. Zach Moss, in the games he has played, you are 3-1, and one, and the other one you lost in overtime because you spotted the other team a 23 nothing lead. Keep giving him the ball. If you can give Jonathan Taylor the ball more as well, great. But make sure you're not taking away from number 21 because that dude's been awesome. Rake, did I see it again? Greg, Rake, Rake, Greg Rakestraw, easy for me to say. IFC Sports Network, obviously Colts postgame show host. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. He'll have some Friday night football coverage for you. Uh, I guess, Rake, two questions. One, where are you at tonight? B, uh, is Mother Nature impacting a lot tonight? Because I could have sworn I saw Ben Davis maybe bump their kickoff time up a little. They did. Ben Davis moved their kickoff time to 5.30. Um, our game is going to stay at 7. So Pike and Lawrence North is the game that I've got. There's another game I think I saw North Putt's going to move their game up to 6.30. Um, so it, depending on the forecast, it's either going to be rain or storms. Rain you don't care so much about. Storms, obviously, it's a big deal. Um, and, and for some of these teams, hey, there's a conference championship on the line. you got to make sure the game gets in. Uh, and especially for the schools that are 4A and under, what you don't want to do is have to come back tomorrow and, and finish because then your postseason kicks in next Friday. It's a little bit different for the 5As and 6As. Those guys are all off next week. They have the bye, uh, and so maybe you don't feel that same kind of pressure. Um, let's face it, you know, other than week two, uh, where you can pretty much fry an egg on the field, uh, <laughs> the, the weather has been phenomenal. Uh, this year. It's not been overly hot. We've not had to deal with rain. And so, frankly, we were due uh, to, to kind of hit this at some point in time. So, uh, hopefully, we can get things in before kind of storms kick in. And again, hopefully, it's more rain than storms you know, because we'll play through that. As far as, 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 as my game, Pike and Lawrence North is my game on ISC and TV 23, as well as the IHSA Champions Network. As far as the obvious big games locally, Cathedral Center Grove. Again, still one of the biggest games in the state. I don't think it's as big as it's been the last couple of years. Brownsburg HSC, the game obviously I know that is going to be carried on the fan uh, tonight. That is a phenomenal game uh, as Brownsburg looks to make it a, a clean sweep and stay 9-0 and and go through what is clearly the best league in the state this year, undefeated. That is quite the accomplishment. I will see Brownsburg in two weeks 
when they visit Ben Davis to open up the section. That's the game that I will have. Um, elsewhere, uh, Hamilton Heights is undefeated. They go to West Lafayette. That's for that league's championship, the Hoosier Conference championship. And the other game I'll point out is Chittard and Cincinnati Elder. And again, Chittard is the clear favorite in 3A, and that is a that is a, a great test for them going into the postseason. Only issue for Chittard is they've got like three or four, they got two other undefeated teams in their sectional and Garing Catholic who played them to a six-point game. You like the test. I love the fact they've got that game on the schedule. You worry about getting guys beat up going to the postseason uh, is the only kind of concern you have, and especially that's what's different in 1A through 4A. You flush this one immediately. You're thinking about the postseason. For the 5A, 6A guys, you can kind of recalibrate a little bit knowing that your postseason run doesn't start until October the 27th. Rick, I don't know if this is an annual conversation, and maybe this year's pairings brought it a little bit more to light, but you bring up like Chittard's loaded sectional. You bring up, you know, maybe Ben Davis Brownsburg as a sectional opener, uh, Bloomington North, Bloomington South, two teams that are clearly favorites in their respective class. I guess, why don't we see the sectional? Should we see the sectional? Well, there are two different conversations. Really, there are kind of three different conversations here. One, do you not do the sectionals based on geographic pairing? And, and you know, when, when, you have, when you're trying to save teams mileage and money, and frankly, uh, with six different classes, there are some sectionals where there are some drives of 70, 80, 90 miles. But it's still the eight closest teams in the same classification to each other, and so that 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 is question number one. Because if you're if if, if we're doing this to, to save money, and understandably so, you have some situations where, like in Shatard's case, three or four of the best teams in the state in in in, in that class are going to be right in that same group. Um, the, I'll give you an example of a different sport. The soccer sectional that Garen, Brebuff, and Chittard are all in, again, they're all in close proximity, they're rated 1-2-3 in the state in 2A this year. Hamilton County, we talk about it every year in, 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 in soccer and volleyball and basketball. It's just baseball. It's just, hey, it, you're all in close proximity to each other and you're all really good, but if we're going to do sectionals based on geography, and that's been the way it's done since like the beginning of time, that, then this is going to happen. All right, two, now when it comes to potentially seeding a sectional, I think it's a different conversation in 5A and 6A, again, versus 1, 2, 3, and 4. If you're talking about seeding a sectional in 5A, you're basically saying, hey, instead of playing this team in week one, you're going to play them in week number two. At some point, Wilmington South and Wilmington North were going to play each other. Well, now you're actually giving those teams two weeks to prepare to play each other in this scenario. The same thing holds true for Ben Davis and Brownsburg. Again, number one and number three in the state in 6A. Um, you're going to play each other on the 27th or the 4th. Perhaps it's a different conversation. We're talking about a, an 18 sectional or a 17 sectional like you would have in the lower classifications. That's a little bit different where instead of seeing the best team in your sectional in week number one, perhaps you're talking about doing that in, in week number three of the championship on November the 3rd. So so there's a lot of different conversations to have. If there is going to be change, this will be driven from the Coaches Association. That is the case in every sport. And it really will have to come from, in this case, the IFCA really going to the IHSA and saying, hey, we need to do something about this. And for schools or fans – that say, hey, this needs to be fixed, 
You've got other members of that section will go, hey, this is great. And their vote counts just as much as, 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 the, as the schools that want it changed. So if there is going to be a policy change at some point on this, it's not going to come from, from, from fans, media, et cetera. It has to come from the IFCA or the Coaches Association. That's simply the way it works in Indiana high school sports. Rake, last one. Appreciate your time, as always, on this Friday morning. You wear so many different hats, and this is probably a hat that you wear mostly for one month out of the year. But yesterday, some big news over at IMS with Kyle Larson, obviously from NASCAR, passing his rookie orientation for next year's Indianapolis 500. On the you know, Kurt Busch, Danica, Fernando Alonso scale, where do you think a Kyle Larson presence will rank come next May? Um, I think it will be a big deal. It will it will be it will be a, a, a bigger deal than Kurt Busch when he was here. It will be a bigger deal in this country than Fernando Alonso. It will not be the 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 big event globally that it was when it was Fernando Alonso. Um, since 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 you quizzed me on on Tony Sperano <laughs> Jr., I will quiz you guys. Uh oh. Do you know the single piece of video that that I'm attached to that is the most watched clip I have on YouTube? Oh my gosh! <laughs> is it a Fernando Alonso like practice interview or or by I don't know him turning laps in practice? I remember. That whole like Alonzo alone on the track at IMS was like watched by millions. So uh, you are very good at picking up contextual clues. <laughs> there was a four-year stretch where I was the voice of the international feed on the qualifications. Whoa! And does, so does this mean you speak in other languages? Or are you English for this? Um, see. So um, I was doing this this one in English, but we were the feed that was sent to like YouTube and and things like that. And so because and the graphics were in kilometers per hour, and I was of course giving miles per hour because I have no it's like 378. I have no idea what that means. But um, it was it was my voice that was on that for four years, and one of those was Fernando Alonso's first year driving the 29 uh, for Andretti Autosport, and the views of that are in the hundreds of thousands. Um, that that because that, that level of interest of him coming here to run at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway, it will it will be a big deal. It's not a pop culture phenomenon, but it's a big deal in the racing community, and hopefully that opens up the gates for more people trying to do exactly what Kyle Larson is going to do. Yeah, I think that's pretty well said. All right, Rake, stay dry. Uh, enjoy the call tonight, Ellen and Pike. Correct. You got it. Seven o'clock on my Indy TV and ISC TV as well. Playoffs get underway. And a big one. Rake, live your postgame coverage coming up on Sunday for the Colts. Thanks, Rake. You got it, guys. That is Greg Rakestraw right there on the Payless Liquors Hotline. It's always good. Well, two things. Number one, when you went to the Larson conversation, I saw Elijah. He he like he was shaking his head like he was following. You know, the cold stuff and the high right. school his stuff. His eyes yeah. lit up like they my did. eyes when Micah Shrewsbury was named the head coach <laughs> you of and Notre the Shrewsbury. Dame. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always good when you can have a video on the internet with all millions of views without taking your shirt off or doing something stupid. So that's good for Greg Rakestraw. It is, you know. Does embarrass himself. You know, I, usually I, it's embarrassing videos on the internet. If I told you, hey, I got this this video on the no, internet that's blown up, yeah. what would you immediately think? It was me interviewing Rick Pitino or something right. like that. I'm like <laughs> nervous about blackmail of Andy Sweeney in the Sellersburg area. Um,
you know, I, I brought up Tony Sperano to him. And I don't know, Andy, maybe I'm giving too much credit to a position coach. But, you know, I, I know you weren't in this market. But this time last year, it was like, wait a minute. How is the O-line coach keeping his job through all this? Like, <laughs> of all the firings that they made, and Jeff Saturday's consulting on the O-line. Yeah. I mean, you would think with an O-line-centric head coach, that would be a move that you would make there. Tony Sperano comes in. And again, he is the son of former NFL head yeah. coach oh, yeah. Tony Sperano for those out there. So, It's been interesting to hear him, and this has been the tune that he has sung, Quentin Nelson sung, Ryan Kelly sung. This has been the tune since the spring. More of like a, and and I'm not giving it enough credit, but it's been more of like a kumbaya. Like a brotherhood. Yes, brotherhood. Did they go bowling or something? It's a great way to put it. It's something that Tony said yesterday, like, you can't fake relationships. And I think we've we've heard the the old adage of, you know, you got to play as a fist and, and all of those things. And I feel like, that's been on display through the first five weeks. And I laugh a little bit because, again, I know there's more to it. And Bernard Ryman, to me, deserves a lot of credit. And it looks like we'll see Ryman back in the lineup this week. But, again, this time last year, you had just gotten out of that Colts-Broncos Thursday night disaster for Ryman. It was baptism by fire. And, again, it was a big issue last year that Chris Bauer thought Matt Pryor could play left tackle. This year, again, you don't have that. Like, you feel good about that. And I think with that spot secured – Ryan Kelly in a much better, mm-hmm. I would say, mental and physical state. Extremely understandable. He said to us back in training camp, he was down to what? 295 pounds, 285 pounds. That's unbelievable, pounds, yeah. Like that. You can't even imagine. With everything that he went through, you know, all of that, it just kind of it sucked the air out of everything for that offensive line. And they were in full on scramble mode really all season long until that group got somewhat healthy. Ryman had started to develop a little bit late in the season. And, and again, as we look at Sunday and especially with the quarterback that I think is a little bit more reserved in terms of what he can bring to the table, uh, you certainly need to win up front. That group did. I thought um, for the most part throughout this season, I would put week one a little bit more on the running backs and the offensive line, but obviously the run game was really bad in that opener. Uh, so certainly one to watch as it looks like the starting five up front will be together for their first time since week two. Matt Taylor going to join us at nine o'clock. Uh, we'll get to a check down here in just a second, but to react to that quickly, KB, I was... Okay, so I believe in those things. I believe in, even at the NFL, the highest level, I believe that good work relationships can make productivity better, right? Like, if we hated, if if everyone, if we all hated each other, me and you hated Elijah, we're like, oh, this guy's going to be in talking Kyle Larson for three hours. Like, it would be different, but we're having a good, you know, we're having a good time, we're friends, we're all doing, we're all doing the sports radio thing. I, I do, so I do believe in relationships, friendships, being a unit like that does matter. With that being said, there's always a but in there. With Rosie that, came up with a friendship bracelet the other day. I, I don't nice. know if they're rocking that on the do, offensive do, do, line. Uh, do high schoolers or whatever still buy friendship rings? Well, for, Is that something that's still now you're not in that? You know well, what I mean. I you got a few. You got a decade maybe. I'm a little nervous. I have seen it before. But you've, it's always the really weird girls that are doing it. Okay, so, so Elijah, you've seen a friendship ring then is what you're saying. not the male race from this either here, Elijah. I haven't seen any male friendship rings, but if well, I did, I would be a little I, I don't, concerned. I don't know if you're looking hard enough, to be honest. <laughs> Maybe I don't really want to, to be honest hey, with I'm you, I'm not Kevin. looking at all. I guess my, my point is, 
I was extremely skeptical of this offensive line and again, because little, of how bad they were last year. I'm still a little bit like, okay, the depth still worries me. And, and I know, you know, Freeland was better last week, but it's but like— the front line guys can play. Right. And, and to me, that was more of the question. I was kind of like, man, is this depth going to hold up? Because the Colts have really been pretty fortunate with their offensive line health in recent years. If you look at it, they have not had—hell, just look at it this season. Yeah, they've been a little banged up, but a lot of these opponents they've played, it's been multiple guys they've had out here— uh, through the first couple of weeks of is, the season. Is Aaron Donald, the Rams game and the Aaron Donald stuff, that's probably the one time this season where we have stressed, hey, this offensive line needs to get some guys back. And then they rebounded last week. Yeah, and honestly, I put a little bit more of that on like, you got to help Blake Freeland more in that matchup. I mean, it's to say that was yeah. baptism by fire would be selling it's a Aaron Hall of Donald. Famer. Sure, yeah, I mean, and I've said this before, and Tony Sperano echoed it yesterday. I mean, he's not just a Hall of Famer. In my opinion, he's the best He's the best NFL football player I've seen in my lifetime. I mean, that, that's how I view Donald. I mean, I, I just view him in that sort of light, and Sperano certainly had plenty of praise for him. Didn't Sperano bury the football? Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Father Sperano, right? Yeah, father, uh-huh. yes. The senior, yes. W- it's when he was a Raider. again. What did he do there? Okay, so he was a Raider. There's the picture right there. I thought he did. Is there anything the, more Raider than that? The Raiders were 4-0. and They fired Dennis Allen, who's now the, the coach for the Saints. And Sprano took over, and the first thing he did is he took a football out and he and he, and he dug a hole on their <laughs> practice football field. He made all the guys take. He said, "Fellas, grab take a, a shovel." Knee. He said, "Fellas, grab a knee, take a knee." And they, I, I I wonder who dug the hole. It, it definitely was not him. And they put a football in there, and they said, "We're going to go into Week Five a different football team." That's I assume awesome. they lost after that, but I don't know. I'll That's have to look odd. up that. If Jeff Saturday would have buried the football, <laughs> they would have won more, right? Buried the football is such, a, such an old school thing. Like the new coaches, I never see Shane Steichen like, listen, we got we to bury a football. Or even who's a young coach? Is Sirianni, I yeah. guess, is a young coach in the league? Or McVay. You see uh, Sean McVay say, you know what we're going to do? We're going to bury a football. That's an, old, that's an old football man thing. And I'm ashamed on Je- Jeff Saturday not doing it. No, Shane he should Steichen, have. again, players gravitate towards him because he's smart, he's detail-oriented, and he's demanding. I I, I don't see him yeah, the, doing, the, the do, st- doing the shovel the thing. The story on Raiders.com is gone. The webpage of this happening has been arrest, uh, uh, or, or arrested. Did, did they erased. To, did the players dig the hole with like all nah, together? It's oh, a, it was it's already a, there. Yeah, it's a small dug Bill hole. Bill Romanowski just a football. digging the hole. I was thinking like Cool Hand Luke where they're out in the prison yard and they're making him dig holes and put the dirt back and then dig more holes. Yeah. Oh, We're not practicing today. We're digging, boys. <laughs> Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, joining us here at 9 o'clock. It's time for a morning checkdown. The morning checkdown. Omaha! 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 On 93.5 and 107.5 The Fan. All right, week six underway. Chiefs winners 19-8 over the Broncos. Now 16 straight. Uh, the Chiefs have beat the Broncos, which, just, which is just unbelievable. So 19-8, the final there. How about Mahomes, Vegas last night? Yeah, Mahomes was good. What? It ended at what? 11 and a half? Is that, or was it just straight up 11? I had it at 10 and a half, okay. and the final score was 19-8. to eight. That's what they do. 
That's what they do. So 19-8, the final there. Uh, Obviously, the Colts, 1 o'clock on Sunday. Will our pregame coverage beginning at 10 a.m.? Just a couple different notes. It's believed Daniel Jones will not play in Buffalo. That's going to be a blowout. And uh, Deshaun Watson looking like he's not going to play when the 49ers come into town. That line, ever since they announced it this morning, last night, it's been 9.5 and and it hasn't moved. So that might be one of my Sweeney Locks six-packs of the week. I mean, I know it's a lot of points, but what was the guy who took over? Dorian, the former UCLA well, I quarterback. Think, I think they said it's going to be P.J. Walker. Yeah, P- which, P.J. Walker. I don't again, know if that's Col- any better. Colts and Browns next week. Something to keep an eye on. Kind of a weak slate here coming up this weekend. We do have another game in London. So for the third straight week, it'll be a game in, or I should say, I guess a game in England. Uh, Ravens and Titans coming up at 9.30 from London. All right, last night in Major League Baseball, the Phillies get Elijah's just swooshing like none other. I love the swoosh. When in doubt, give us a swoosh. swoosh. Always swoosh. Phillies three, Braves one. So that makes, I mean, it's been a Cinderella-type playoff if there can be such a thing. For Major League Baseball, you have 100 win teams out in the Orioles, Dodgers, and now Braves. So that leaves our final four teams as this. The ALCS will begin Sunday night. That is Astros and Rangers, 8-15 first pitch. The NLCS, first game is Monday. Phillies and Diamondbacks. Again, Jeff Passan from ESPN had this note. The 354 wins, that would be the win totals combined by the final four teams. That is the fewest Ever in the history of Major League Baseball. It's a good stat. Give me one more swoosh here. One more swoosh. There we go. Quickly, local college football, Purdue, Ohio State. That at noon on Peacock. So if you're a Purdue fan, uh, you got to have Peacock fired up for that. And then Indiana on the road at Michigan. That's a noon game as well on Fox. Uh, that spread at 33. And this is the game, infamously, where we've ran the promo hundreds of times. This is the Jake Query game. Jake believes that Indiana is going to walk into the big house on Saturday and he's going Going to get that dub. What will Tom Allen? Has he had rationale? Is there rationale behind it? Uh, I have just heard the promo. I did not hear. I mean, the segment was like at the beginning of the season. I mean, this segment was like five weeks ago, KB. So, no. We could barely Shoot him a beat test. Akron. How are we going to beat Michigan? <laughs> when Elijah's going we on you with Indiana football, you know it, they're. Elijah in was shaking his head in disgust Is at that prediction. Is this the biggest IU football underdog ever? Or are there no. bigger ones than this? No, there's got to be. They were, what, 38 to Ohio State one time? Yeah, 33. That's not enough. I, I no. mean, Andy, you pay attention to college football yeah. spreads. 33-point spreads between two teams in the same conference. They don't happen very well, often. Well, the reason I don't like them is, like, so if Indiana, let's say, I mean, let's say Michigan throws a pick or they fumble or, you know, Indiana, you know, busts a kickoff return or something like that, and they score, okay? Let's just say they score. Now you need – now now it's minus 40, like if if Indiana gets up like seven nothing in the game, you can still go win the game forty five to you know forty one to seven, and that would be well that that'd be thirty four. So that man, that's a tough one. See, that's my biggest problem is all you need. Did you is just Indiana. talk yourself into it or no, out of it? Uh, Indiana needs. I'm not touching this game. Indiana needs one score for you to be like now. Now I got to score forty points, and that's just I don't know. It's a big ass to I mean, me. Forty two to seven. I know that's thirty five. That would be the. 
I'm not touching this game. I mean, Indiana's obviously not winning the game. The other obviously. game that kind of matches this sort of um, one end of the spectrum to the other, varsity JV, varsity freshman, have everyone describe it. You have Vanderbilt in Georgia <laughs> this weekend, Andy. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vanderbilt has not scored a touchdown against Georgia in 12 quarters. <laughs> Like, imagine, imagine this. Imagine saying to a Vanderbilt fan. About to be 16. Let's bet $100 in right, the yeah. next three matchups against Georgia, you don't score a touchdown. <laughs> three matchups, 12 quarters, Andy Sweeney. Well, okay, so let's use let's use 12. Are there 12 Vanderbilt? Vander- I mean, like, Vanderbilt has not been 0-12 every year. Correct. Like, they'll win, like, four games. I mean, like like four games this year. I mean, they've got some dudes in the NFL. <laughs> they haven't scored a touchdown in 12 quarters against Georgia. Uh, and they're, Does they're, that end on Sunday uh, or Saturday? You know what? I'm going to say it does end. I'm going to say they get a touchdown in the fourth quarter. I'm going to say it's going to go to 15, 15 and a half quarters before they score. Do you stop the game? Score. Do you carry that kid off the field? You bury the ball. Do you the build ball. a statue? Do you, you bury the ball? You, you bury the ball. Clark right. Lee's burying the ball Yeah, next Clark week. Lee. It's, go it's good to that Broadway, you know his go name. Go outside of Tootsie's <laughs> and we're burying the ball. Find Will Levis and bury, and bury the ball. Uh, yes, this one, will there be 12 Vanderbilt fans there? Because that's Where's going to be... At? Nashville it's, it's in Nashville. Yeah. But that's where, you know, they don't have any fans anyway. So, like, when Kentucky goes there, it's all blue. And when Georgia – I mean, Georgia's the number one team in the country. Well, it's going to be all red. Well, you go to watch Georgia. I mean, if you're a Nashville Elijah's, resident. It's going right? to look like that Notre Dame stadium when Georgia went there a couple years ago. Oh, you know, not a lot of – Yeah. Yeah, not a lot of – Is that a dig there? I, it I, is a dig. A little bit. A little bit. It is a dig. Elijah, come on now. I've always been a fan of yours, and now you're turning well, maybe on I've on won him over. I don't know. In the last couple days. A good Friday morning to you. It is a beautiful <laughs> start to this Friday. Again, as we just talked about with Greg Rankstraw, sounds like some rain in the forecast tonight if you're heading out for high school football. Keep an eye on that. We'll continue the Colts conversation on the other side. It's a good-looking injury report, all things considered. We'll touch on that next. It is the wake-up call of KB and Andy on 93.5, 107.5, the fan. It's the wake-up call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5, the fan. All right, Matt Taylor going to join us coming up at the top of the hour. We'll keep the Colts and Jags conversation. Reminder, on the fan Sunday, 10 o'clock, we got you covered. All the pregame, game, and postgame action right here on the fan. Did you see Did you see in the Indy Star the uh, – and I don't know how to even explain it other than this. Did you see in the Indy Star the house – that looks like Reggie yeah. Miller giving the choke sign. Yeah, I got a friend looking to move back to the area, and he sent me that. I'm like, are you going to buy that? Did he really? Oh, yeah, he, yeah. he yeah. sent you that. Yeah. So you didn't see that in the in, well, the, in the star first. You saw he, that from a yeah. buddy. Yeah, he, he said. Oh, he I, saw it, and then okay, I think gotcha. He caught it in the early viral yeah. stages. I didn't know if uh, I didn't know if you saw it on like Zillow or something like that. <laughs> no, I can't say Some. That, uh, by the way, it was. It felt nice to delete that app off my phone. Uh, so I, you know, quit yeah. getting up, uh, alerts and everything else. But I can yes, imagine. go to the star. I, you know, just go on Twitter or whatever. There is a and if you're told what it is, you see it immediately. It totally looks like Reggie Miller doing the choke sign to Spike Lee after uh, after that amazing comeback in the 90s. Now, where was that house? I have no idea. It's a big house. 
It's, it's yeah, a I was curious about that. It's basically a mansion. I'll look it up, but I saw that. This is fantastic. By the way, it sounds like uh, Rick Carlisle might join us coming up next week. So Good. We'll, we'll keep you Excited. updated early in the week, maybe Tuesday for that. But, but so they're we'll, Monday and Friday next Monday week. Monday and, and Friday. Then and we have the Wizards coming into town and we're off. Fan Jam is tomorrow afternoon. I know a lot of people like to attend that event. It sounds like it's going to be a relatively like intense scrimmage. Uh, Rick Carlisle was talking about that yesterday at practice of like, yeah, we're going to break up the teams and separate them in different locker rooms and treat it much more like a fifth preseason game with still kind of the fan-centric, you know, rookies singing, those sorts of things. Oh, the, the rookies, are, they're going to sing? Rookies are singing, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Who picks play- what they sing? Well, I, I would tend to think you let them pick the song and then you just roast them. <laughs> Right. What would be? I don't even know. What would be like? I had a buddy who, you know, you do karaoke when yeah. you're, you know, you're in your twenties and stuff like that. I haven't done karaoke, you know, in a decade. He always did Piano Man. Yeah, I do Eminem. Lose yourself. Oh, do you? That's uh-huh. yours. Uh, I believe I I knew just about every word to Weird Al's Amish Paradise <laughs> at one point. I love that. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Yeah. So well, if the Pacers need a you know celeb, maybe you can slide over there and 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 uh, knock out an out. Amish Paradise and, yeah. and then leave. Set the tone for Ben Shepard. Who the hell is this Walker. guy? Who, By the way, guy? Ben Shepard's looked pretty good in those first couple of preseason yes, games. So yeah, again, two more coming up, both at home. Both of those should be available on Bally as well coming up Monday and Friday next week. And as Andy said, a week from Wednesday for the season opener. We're going to get to Andy's uh, six-pack of picks coming up. We'll give our picks, of course, for Colts and Jags. Elijah, get yours ready for Colts and Jags <laughs> here in week six. Um, again, Andy, it's a pretty good-looking injury report, all things considered, for the Colts. You know, I think back to, I would say, each of the last couple weeks, it's gotten to Wednesday, and it's been like, oh, geez, seven or eight guys are missing, or what was it, before the Rams game, was it, where, like, the Friday disaster of an injury report? Um, guys are very much trending in the right direction, if I can steal a phrase from Chuck Pagano. Uh, Basically, well, yesterday, you had all 53 guys on your roster practice. Uh, That's pretty rare. When's the last Thursday. time? Yeah, when's the last time that happened? How many teams have that going on on a Thursday in the NFL? Yeah. Now again, I don't want to act like that means everyone's healthy. Obviously, you have Dallas Flowers out for the year. You have Anthony Richardson on IR. But of your 53-man roster, basically, you have nobody on the roster, Andy, that you think will miss multiple weeks. That's what it says. And all 53 could be available Sunday. Mo Ali Cox would be the one to watch. Uh, he had the concussion. Uh, last week, uh, red, no contact jersey for him yesterday, so still multiple steps to clear for him. If he can't go, I would think that means Will Mallory gets the call up. So, uh, Kylan Granson, a Drew Ogletree, a Will Mallory. Um, those young tight ends have had some flashes here this season. Uh, so, that is something to keep an eye on. And again, Braden Smith did not practice Wednesday, but did yesterday. Uh, so, a good sign there in having your offensive line fully intact for the first time since week two. What do you believe? Now, this may tip your hand just a little bit on the way that you pick the game. So if you want to dance around some of it, you can. What do you believe is the most probable outcome uh, on Sunday? Like how the game plays out? And then, you know, it's so easy. If they win, we know what you know, the conversation is going to be if they lose. And I said this about an hour and a half ago, I really feel like KB, 
you know, last time these two teams played week one, there was a little bit of a moral victory. Not some. We took some calls of some angry fans who no, I think already called that. Yeah, yeah, who were already blasting Chris Ballard and everything else. But I do feel like we left that thinking, okay, you know, Richardson didn't look overwhelmed. Uh, if the special teams plays a little bit better, boy, did you see Buckner, you know, DeForest Buckner, and he had the big touchdown. And, and I don't know, I, I felt like there was anger at the loss, frustration with the loss, but it, it was wasn't, it wasn't like panic or anger. Uh, there was a little bit of a moral victory. I don't feel like that's the case. People respect Minshew around here. Jonathan Taylor's back. Zach Moss. I mean, Zach Moss after Sunday very well could be probably second in the NFL in rushing. With that's, missing a game. Yeah, with <laughs> missing an entire uh, week yeah, one. So, I, you know, I don't know. I don't think there's going to be that moral victory if they go down there and they don't play well. You know, again, your D-line has got to win. I mean, that that is an absolute must because on the perimeter, I think Jacksonville really really challenges you. I, I think they are, even with Say Jones probably out. I, I just from Ridley and Ingram and Christian Kirk and Travis Etienne, I mean he's a guy that can run it and certainly make plays out of the backfield. Trevor Lawrence speaks for himself. So to me, Andy, it's arguably the biggest skill group quarterback challenge you're going to face all year. Okay, so how do you counter that? Your D-line's got to win. And right. that's the good news. On paper, they should win. Jacksonville's O-line is not very good, and they're a little beat up. Mike DiRocco mentioned it yesterday with us. Uh, and your D-line is healthy. Quiddy pays back. Um, so things should be looking good on that end. So that, to me, is a must. The other area would be on the flip side of it. Who kind of provides that spark and that juice? I mean, when you're down 23 against the Rams, Anthony Richardson spearheaded so much of that. Mm -hmm. You know, when you had a third and 16 on Sunday against the Titans, it was Richardson going over the top to Josh Downs. That Houston game, you know, helping get a 14-0 lead, your defense played complimentary football, but Richardson's dual threat nature sparked that. So, that's what I'm a little concerned about. I think Baltimore is probably the best defensive test you've had this season, so maybe it's unfair to you know, go to that game for Minshew, but that was the one game that we saw him start. And your offense just, you know, just a little just right. stagnant and just it couldn't really finish off drives. They get to the edge of field goal range and then boom, it would kind of fall apart. They have to make the they have to Gay's make the right big leg. play, but they have to make the extra play. And, and is who what makes you're that? And right. now of course, in all those games I mentioned outside of Tennessee, Jonathan Taylor wasn't there. So my question becomes this does your run game continue to be as potent as it's been, which Jacksonville's run defense is pretty good? And then can you get Taylor Pittman in space? Those two guys to me, and a little bit of downs, I guess. They can make plays on crossers and um, you know, screens and just their ability after the catch. Can you get a little bit of that where Minshew delivers the ball on target? Great timing. Those are strengths of him. Um, again, I feel better about Minshew staying away from giving a defense seven or three than maybe creating mm-hmm. a seven or a three. So. Uh, that is, um, those are probably the two storylines for me. Yeah, because at this point you have to, you have to roll with Minshew is going to be efficient and he's not going to turn the ball over, right? That's It'd been be, his be, mo. Yeah, because if which you is fa- not the backup yeah, quarterback mo. Yeah, because if you fall into that in like any quarterback, then of course you're going to <laughs> you're going to lose games. I think you look at it probably a better way than I was earlier. You're saying, okay, I'm going to say it's a given that he's going to do these things in which he is good at. 
but now he's going to have to be a little bit more, right? Like, you know when they add a plus, uh, Apple Plus on to the end? He's got to be Minshew Plus, doesn't he, just a little bit? I mean, he's going to I mean, have to make something, something down the field. He's going to have to do right. something that's not again, a six-yard pass. Does Pierce go up and make a play? I mean, you well, know. Pittman did in that overtime game. Right, you know, those sorts of things need to happen. All right, we'll give our picks on the other side again. Andy will give his. Uh, by the way, this from J-Law. Oh, boy. Um, the always dedicated J-Law. Not, not be- Jennifer Lawrence, right? Well, not, not that J-Law, who, who I might who I might be in love with. Jennifer Lopez or Lawrence? I think he said Jennifer Lawrence. No, oh, you're no right. I, I said Lawrence. Lopez. Okay, oh, yeah, no, no. J- J-Law is either. Jennifer Lawrence, right? Let's be honest. I think everybody would be pretty pleased with either. <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, J-Law, I believe the spread for the IE Nebraska game in the oh. late 70s or early 80s, is look it Johnny up. Rogers is going back to, was 42 points. Did we have spreads in the late 70s? Oh, I, I'm sure, oh yeah. To sound like I'm of course being a little you did. Bit of a... Oh, it's, it's when the uh, oh yeah, it's uh, underground gambling, the mafia. Come on, you, you ever know, seen the episode of Seinfeld where <laughs> they bet on the horse like that? <laughs> Seinfeld's on 1978 of <laughs> Johnny mean, Rogers in the open know. field. Hang here. on, I'm looking. Oh, it's too bad. It's on Pigs.com. Oh, you're uh, on the Pigs message well, board. Well, someone on the message Aren't board. They a bunch of big basketball commits here. Someone, I guess, someone on Pigs.com had a history of. Nebraska Indiana point spreads, but you have oh, to pay God. to get behind the Peaks wall, and you know I'm so not that, ready for that yet. That would have been a non-conference game. Yeah, so there you go. I mean, and today, what's the line of Georgia <laughs> Vanderbilt? I know we talked about that earlier. Oh goodness, I just had it. Uh, it is 31 and a half. Okay, so Indiana's at 33 and a half, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Now that is Vanderbilt at home, though. That it doesn't matter. Yes, it, it yes technically it's Vanderbilt at home, right? But that doesn't matter. <laughs> uh, but it is technically in Nashville. Yes. Oregon and Washington, right? Best game of the weekend. Uh, Oregon and Washington. I this Best is not day. it's not one of my six packs here, but I I think I kind of like Oregon plus the three. I'm looking forward to watching Michael Penix in kind of that nice afternoon slot. Yeah, you know I, I enjoy it. It's a great story, and uh, um, I'm looking forward to that game at three thirty. All right, on the other side, we'll do some picks. Matt Taylor, voice of the Colts, at nine. It's the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The Fan. Our reminder in about 10 minutes, Matt Taylor, voice of the Indianapolis Colts, will join us here on the Wake Up Call on The Fan. You heard the promo there. Busy weekend of football. It begins tonight. HSA and uh, HSE. HSA. I am Brownsburg. Not an HSA. HSE in Brownsburg. you're a new father like the HSA. <laughs> I think we got our uh, insurance fiasco uh, figured out. I was going to have to. Ugly. I was going to drive to Louisville like Tony Soprano. I thought mm-hmm. uh, at some yeah. point earlier in the week, you like need Tony Tuesday. Soprano in your yeah, car or, with yeah, you. Barry, yeah, Barry the HSA. That's what I was going to do instead of the football. Uh, so high school football coming up tonight at seven o'clock right here on the fan. You heard the promo there. Texas A and M and Tennessee Saturday at three, and then Colts and Jags. All the pregame coverage beginning uh, Sunday at ten a.m. Pregame, game, post game, all right here on The Fan. All right, KB, you want me to give you uh, my six games that I'm going to be looking at this week? Is that yeah. okay? You yeah, ready yeah, for yeah. that? Do we have uh, a, a season record? By the way, uh, yes. Jason Hammer outstanding last night oh, he's on good. his Thursday night calls. Yeah, yeah, the he under was good. Under by a lot. 
last night. Uh, yeah, the under was flourishing when there was seven minutes to go and it was three nothing. Forty seven and a half. Yeah, the over under was forty seven. Forty seven and a half. Forty seven combined. Uh, okay, so here's how I've done: five and one week one, and then three and three both of the next two weeks. That gives me a total of eleven and seven. So the losses are starting to catch up. Uh, I'll go through these quickly here. Uh, listen, I, I'm I know it's some points. I'm gonna go Eagles minus six and a half. It's now went up to seven. I still like it as a touchdown. I probably like it better as a parlay or a money line, uh, a money line parlay or a teaser. But Eagles six and a half or seven at the Jets. The Eagles have won twelve of their last thirteen uh, games away from home in the regular season. This season three and zero straight up and three and zero against the spread. Uh, so give me the Eagles there. Reminder just on the Jets, they should have lost last week. I mean Wilson threw the pick that would have lost the game, but Denver is that bad. Uh, Texans, uh, Texans plus one at home against the Saints. Uh, the defense is about mm. even. Uh, I bet Houston a couple times and have won some money. Houston, I think, uh, has the better quarterback here. Saints got a good defense. Though. I know. Houston has not allowed a sack in the last three games. They're 6-0 and against the spread against the Saints in all of their prior meetings. Well, what does that matter? Uh, well, CJ probably Stroud, probably we, none. CJ Stroud had probably none the last time that they met. <laughs> probably. Uh, I'm going to go Bills by two touchdowns over the Giants. The Giants will have three offensive linemen not playing. Daniel Jones not playing. Uh, Tyreek Rod Taylor came in, threw two passes, got banged up. The only thing would be if the Bills are nice. Sean McDermott, you know, Brian Dable was on his staff. Uh, Brian Dable really helped develop Josh Allen a couple years ago. But uh, this one in Buffalo, I, I, it's two touchdowns. If you give me a 33-13 to 13 type score. You don't worry about a London hangover for the Bills? Uh, no, because they lost. Because they lost. Again, the only thing is if they're nice and they pull their starters. Give me the Bills, minus 14. And then I'm going to ride the Niners, minus 9.5. I don't care who the quarterback there is in Cleveland. Um, I just I, To me, the Niners are the most complete team in football. And you're giving me a backup quarterback. Please. I'll go uh, game number five, Ravens-Titans. I'll do the under there at 41.5. Uh, I think that's going to be kind of an ugly 19-17 type game and then the only college game is I'm going to go I'm going to hold my nose on this one and go Iowa plus 10 on the road at Wisconsin I always look at the well I look at the Sagarin ratings Iowa to score here's the thing I look at the Sagarin ratings Sagarin ratings have this game closer to a six point game Iowa's quarterbacks out for the year right that's a 10 that's a good point maybe I should maybe I should rethink that one I forgot all about that regardless Sagarin has this one highlighted as as Vegas being wrong Uh, but my college feel this week isn't good. I do kind of like Oregon plus three, and I tell you, a game to watch. Uh, you know, like A and M in Tennessee. That's a big game. Uh, you know, in the middle of the SEC, South Carolina. Uh, I think what? Uh, who? Did, oh goodness, I had South Carolina's Florida, right? Yeah, and Florida pulled up. That's a big game in the middle of the SEC. And I tell you, a big one. Missouri, Kentucky is a big game. Whoever loses that game, Mark Subs loses that game. Kentucky's going to be in free fall, and Missouri would have two heartbreaking losses. I know those games don't matter here very much, but. Uh, so that's why I'm going to roll with Eagles, Niners, Bills, Iowa, Ravens under, and uh, Texans plus the one. I'm 11 and seven on the season. I'd never feel good about them. That's what I have going into Week Six of the season. All right, if you had to bet one of the local college teams, where would you go? So your three options: Notre Dame minus two and a half, that is a favorite over USC. 
Purdue plus 19 and a half. That is an underdog, a home underdog against Ohio State. Or Indiana getting 33 and a half on the road at the big house. If you had to if go I with had one to. of the three local college teams yeah, you would I'm go gonna where? throw I'm just gonna throw out Notre Dame because they were so bad last week. I, I feel jaded. I'm not gonna touch that game because I'm jaded how bad Notre Dame was. I would probably say, listen, I think Purdue hangs in there like Maryland did, and I think Ohio State covers that number late just because it's such a big number and if they score a touchdown early, now Michigan has to, you know, win by forty. I, I would probably say Indiana. <laughs> I, I, I probably would. Yeah. I mean again not to be close to lose by 32 how's that sound it's funny (laughs) i I have been a person that has bet those types of lines before like i've taken the 30 point underdog and watching those games is one of the more terrible terrifying experiences (laughs) you'll ever have from a gambling standpoint because you sit there and you just start counting minutes right away and oh, you're no. like, you're like, run the football. First down here. There yeah, goes run the two football. minutes and 30 seconds off the yeah. clock. And the clock doesn't stop now in college. So it's like, keep running the football, Tom Allen. And then when it starts to snowball, it goes so bleeping quickly. It's like, wait a minute. Did yeah. they just go touchdown, force a fumble on the kickoff, yeah. take that in for a touchdown? touchdown. And did they go yeah. pick six? Did they just score 21 <laughs> points in four minutes and 30 seconds? That did not fit my math oh, that I had man. on Friday when I was thinking this Penn State, by the way, favored over UMass by 42. I think I'm going to go Notre Dame out of those three. And I'm thinking with my head there. Uh, Yeah, I'm sure. I think. You think. All right. It's funny. I felt somewhat confident about Notre Dame until the spread came out. Yeah. And then I'm like, wait, Vegas thinks they're going to win? I mean, it's a fun game. It's just unfortunate. I mean, it does mean a lot. Just not as as much for Notre Dame. Tackle him a couple times. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, next. All right, 9 o'clock hour. Let's go. Matt Taylor going to join us in just a second. Reminder, Colts, Jags, all of that Sunday coverage beginning at 10 a.m. Pre-game, game, post-game. It's all right here on the fan. It's a huge, huge matchup uh, in the AFC South, and it's Colts and Jags, and it's right here, and we're hanging out in the drivehubler.com studios. All right, let's get Mayte up here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Matt Taylor joins us each and every Friday here on a football Friday in the 9 o'clock o'clock hour matt good morning how are you today sir i'm doing well what's going on uh i don't know man we're doing good elijah's a little panicked right now he's filling in for mark dykton today he's a little panicked which i like got to scramble in the pocket sometimes he's good. you know he's been he's called good. out of the bullpen yeah in a way i guess a little gardner Minshew like uh, <laughs> matt i think this is about as big as you get for week six i don't know if that's hyperbole but um boy i was thinking about it you know, if you win this, you split the head-to-head tiebreaker, divisional records heavily in your favor. I, I know it's October 13th, but, man, I, I just think this one is uh, is a huge, huge game when you're talking AFC South potential, playoff potential. No, you're right. I mean, today is Friday the 13th, by the way. Don't don't forget that. <laughs> don't sleep on that little nugget, right? So weird, weird stuff can happen, and uh, hopefully weird stuff leads into the weekend with the Colts actually getting a win on the road against the Jaguars, man. I know these guys in the locker room are really tired of, of hearing about it and being asked about it, but you know what? It's it's going to be there until you do something about it, and I think you're exactly right. I think the Colts in this game, they've got to play with the same edge, the same fire, the same you know sort of chip on their shoulder uh, on Sunday as they did last Sunday against the Tennessee Titans. And, you know, in that first game – following the two-game winning streak, right? You beat Houston, you beat Baltimore, you come back at home, you play a Rams team that's, you know, really, I think, just just beatable. You know, like, I, I, nothing against the Rams. Yeah, I think they're a good team, but 
you know, that that was a home game. It was a very winnable game, and the Colts, you know, started slow. They got down big, right, 23 to nothing, seven minutes to go in the third quarter before they kind of caught fire. Now they've tasted some success, getting a little bit of a monkey off their shoulders uh, last week with that win against Tennessee. Can you come back? and play with that same fire against a division team. And to your point, Kevin, you're exactly right. I mean, after Sunday, the Colts will not get back into AFC South play until, what is it, December 3rd? Yeah, the, the Titans. Yeah. Titans. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that is a long time, and, and you're going to have two-thirds of your AFC South schedule in the books. And if you win this game, you're 3-1 and one in the division. You're 4-2 and two in first place. I know there's a long way to go. But Tennessee, or excuse me, Jacksonville would have two losses in the division. You would only have one. You would split the season series. You would erase this this horrible streak down there. I just think this is a a, a not a must win game, but a really pivotal game for the Colts in Week Six. It's a shame that the, this series is over before November for the second year in a row. But that's the way it goes, and that makes this game for the Colts, I think, a, a game that should need a high degree of urgency going into Sunday. So as you just pointed out, I mean, these teams met a month ago. Typically, you know, maybe not a ton has changed, but really a lot has changed from that first meeting, particularly with the Colts. Um, If I boil it down to the three things where I think it's changed the most, Matt, obviously the quarterback, Richardson, is not going to be the starter. It'll be Minshew. Certainly the running backs look a whole lot different from Zach Boss and Jonathan Taylor compared to Deion Jackson you know, Evan Hull and Jake Funk. And then corner-wise, you've kind of gone from youth to other youth with Dallas Flowers and Daryl Baker Jr. not in the lineup, and uh, now Juju Brents and Jalen Jones. Of those three, where do you think it'll be felt the biggest on Sunday? I just think overall scheme for the Colts on offense. I mean, I think that's just going to be the biggest thing. You know, it's it's just that, you know, Gardner Minshew is, is starting, and he's not coming in off the bench. He's not coming out of the bullpen. The Jaguars are going to have the full week to prepare for the Colts in terms of their plays and their schemes and what Gardner Minshew's strengths are. But that, that's the biggest thing for them defensively is, is getting ready for this game, knowing, in fact, it's going to be Minshew instead of you know Minshew coming in and, and taking advantage of kind of the, you know, the unknown or kind of that scramble in terms of the playbook when some of these defenses have to face him. It's like, all right, let's, let's go to the Minshew page real quick. And meanwhile, he's throwing – you know, he's, he's completing 80% of his passes against you while you try to get up to speed. Um, I think, you know, out, out of those three, I think Minshew's, um, his presence is going to be the biggest difference. But I just think, I think just mentality-wise and, and just overall comfort and confidence, this offensive line is a completely different unit than the one that opened the season for the Colts. You know, Colts in that first game, they only had 65 yards rushing, 40 of those came from Anthony Richardson. We know he's not going to play. Zach Moss and, and Jonathan Taylor are both going to be active in this game. Neither guy played in week number one. Um, you know, the, the, the Jaguars are going to do what they do, and that's play that bare front, that double sink front. And I think the Colts this go around are much more, you know, equipped and schematically um, able to, to take advantage of that or deal with that, you know, this go around. Uh, than they did in that first game. So um, you, you got to slow down that passing game for the Jaguars. There's no doubt about that. I, I've said all week I think they have maybe the most diverse passing attack in the NFL with those three wide receivers. Ingram, who's a really good yards after the catch tight end. Um, a really, you know, I don't even classify him a tight end because of all the things they can do with him, splitting him out in the formation. 
you know, creating uh, or taking advantage of mismatches in terms of the personnel. ETN can catch the ball out of the backfield. So you're right. It's going to be a big test for Brent. It's going to be a big test for Jalen Jones. Um, I don't know if the Colts can look any more different, quite honestly, with you uh, than, than they did five weeks ago. I think it's kind of a different team, a different team with a different personality and mindset, and I think most importantly, confidence from, from game one to game five. Um, you know, this, this, I think the Colts, I think, actually match up better on paper this go-around with the Jaguars than they did in week one, and I think that should give you confidence because the Colts should have won that first game. They were up by four with four or uh, six minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and they went from up four to down ten in the blink of an eye. That's a game I think they feel like they should have won, and, and again, I think they have more confidence and, and you know, kind of better personnel around them uh, going into this game on Sunday. Listen, Matt, I'm agreeing with a lot. I'm shaking my head. I'm agreeing with a lot of the things you're saying. Matt Taylor on the uh, Payless Liquors Hotline. He's the voice of the Indianapolis Colts. Again, our coverage on Sunday beginning at 10 a.m. Yeah, it felt like week one, there was almost a, because everyone was like ready for this team not to win any games, and it was the first time we saw Anthony Richardson, and we finally kind of got some of the Jonathan Taylor stuff out of the way, that there was a smidge of moral victory Monday when we came in here on Monday. I don't think that's going to be the case this time around going to Jacksonville and nothing is more different than the addition of Jonathan Taylor and right now third in total rushing yards Zach Moss as well that offensive line for the Colts is healthy Uh, Jonathan Taylor you would imagine Shane Steichen will do some creative things with him he'll get more touches and then Zach Moss has been obviously one of the MVPs. What are you looking forward to seeing uh, with this run game? Now, it's different. No AR. Some of those read options are going to be a lot different. But nonetheless, Moss, Jonathan Taylor, two top-level running backs, not what you had the first time around five weeks ago. No, you're exactly right. And, and for Jonathan Taylor, I, I expect you know he'll, he'll go up in terms of workload and participation. I don't know if it's going to go from from 10 snaps last week to, you know, playing 80% of the snaps that that Zach Moss has received the last 4 weeks. Um and, and nor should it to be quite honest with you. And and I and I I I mean that or I say that in the sense that that's just my my confidence and that's my reward for Zach Moss. And, and you take nothing away from Jonathan Taylor as he continues to ramp up. He's probably not there just yet. He he will eventually get there, and then we'll have to dis, you know discuss maybe in three or four weeks you know how this split of the pie in the running game is going to go. But I don't care right now if it's Jonathan Taylor who belongs in elite bucket. I don't care if it's him. I don't care if it's Emmett Smith back in the day <laughs> or or you know Jim Brown. I don't care. I mean, how do you take carries away right now from Zach Moss? Because all he's done since he's been here, if you go back to the seven games that he has started for the Colts, dating back to last season, the dude's averaging 99 rushing yards per game. Like He's done everything that you've wanted him to do. He's been a great teammate, a great guy, a great leader. He comes in the middle of the season last year, you know, mid, mid-season in a trade, and he just goes to work and he, and he grinds. And he's third in the NFL this year in rushing yards, and he freaking missed a game. Yeah, like how do you how do you take carries away right now from Jonathan Taylor, or excuse me, from from Zach Moss, even with Taylor being healthy? And you know, I go back to what Shane Steichen said at the beginning of the season: we're going to ride the hot hand. And it's great right now that you've got two backs that can potentially get hot really quick. But my point is, I don't think Zach Moss should be demoted just because Jonathan Taylor is here. Taylor's going to have to earn those reps 
uh, you know, get up to speed, get acclimated again within this offense, that that eventually is going to come. But I just think Zach Moss should be given the first right of refusal to get hot that day, which he has shown that he can do. I mean, career high, buck 65 and two touchdowns last week against the best rushing defense in the NFL. You've got to continue to reward that, and you've got to continue to say to your locker room, if you come in and you bust your tail and you produce and you're a great guy in the locker room and you do everything that we ask, you're going to continue to get rewarded in terms of, of a role and production. That's kind of where I'm at with, with Zach Moss, but eventually – uh, that this is inevitably going to evolve, and we're going to be talking more about this, I think, in a couple of weeks in terms of Taylor coming back to that 2021 form, which, again, I think he's inevitably going to to reach at some point this season. Yeah, just looking at the numbers, and Matt Taylor with us here on the Pay Less Liquors Hotline here on the Fan on a Football Friday. Zach Moss, there's a good chance, especially if he can, you know, he gets some good run, which we all expect that to be the case on Sunday, that he's second in the NFL in rushing behind McCaffrey. That is absolutely on the table. The only thing that would keep him third is if obviously Moss doesn't, you know, play nearly as much or if DeAndre Swift in Philadelphia has a big game and could potentially move ahead of Moss if JT gets it's a lot of work. I just, just quickly for you, getting ready for a broadcast. You're ready. You're, you know, you're prepping for a broadcast. The JT news breaks on Saturday, and then Anthony Richardson injured in the middle of the game again uh, in the second quarter. How does that go down uh, for a play-by-play guy? When you know, you know, Jonathan Taylor gets his deal, so you sure know as hell he's going to play right on Sunday. You know he's going to be part of the game plan, and then you've kind of done the AR goes down, and Minshew comes in the game and kind of saves things yet again. Right, yes. Yeah. Saturday was a little bit busy around, you know, twelve thirty, one o'clock. Just like everybody else, you know, he gets activated off of PUP, which, you know, I, I fully expected to happen. I know everybody else did as well. But then I wasn't expecting, you know, three, four minutes later, boom, bam, there you go. Right. Three-year deal or whatever it ended up being. Jonathan Taylor's got an extension. He's with the Colts uh, up until at least, you know, through 2026. I was not ready for that. So got kicked into to gear in terms of the work mode. It was you know, it, it, this is kind of a personal anecdote. I was actually down the street at a park with my kids on the jungle gym going down the slide. Get a, get the Good for you. I was yeah, laying mulch you know, down. I was yeah. do, I was mulching, uh, you know, a flower bed of the house I just moved into when Picture my phone Matt went off. Taylor going down the slide there. Come on now. You know, so you're, you're just in full dad mode trying to take advantage of those. How many times you get players? shocked going down the slide? Oh, man. That shocking you know, you, hurt. Oh. Beautiful fall afternoon, and then boom, you know, you're, you're thrusted back into, you know, grinding in front of the laptop, which is, you know, that's such as life, I suppose, in, in the NFL when, when things happen at a moment's notice. But, uh, yeah, and, and, you know, then in the middle of the game when Richardson goes down, you know, it's just like, all right, you've got all this prep material for, for the Colts and, and for Richardson, and then you just go back to, um, you know, whatever it was two weeks ago before that with the, with the Baltimore game, you go right back to those Ravens notes that included Gardner <laughs> Minshew in them. Right. And it's just, it's plug and play, grip and rip. And, and that's, it's sort of the same mindset that Minshew has when he comes into these games. So, you know, that, that's, that's life, I suppose, uh, as an NFL guy, got to be, or a play by play guy, got to be ready for, for anything and everything at a moment's notice. Got any rooting interest in these final four baseball teams? No, I, I don't. I don't. I mean, the, the, the Braves and the Phillies, you know, series was just absolutely electric. I wish I could, you know, take part in those more because I just sort of have those games on in the background at night during the week you know, doing doing game prep. 
but you know having having those on and, and watching those kind of here and there i mean just that 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 scene in, in philadelphia was just absolutely electric last night and then the the double play walk off uh you know that 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 game against or in 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 um, atlanta i should say when the braves won that was just simply amazing baseball but no i don't don't have any rooting interest for these uh, last couple of series just rooting for good baseball and i want baseball to be around as as long as possible just because you know as soon as it's it's over it kind of sets in like all right we're not going to have baseball until you know march of next year spring training and then red's misery kicks in all over again right yeah, God, <laughs> preach to that. Sadly, preach to that. Yeah, selfishly, I'd hope Misery, for some, um, some series that go a little bit closer to seven games here coming up in the AL, NLCS, and then, of course, the World Series. Uh, again, voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor, our coverage, 10 a.m. on Sunday, kick 1 o'clock, as this is the only road game for the Colts in a five-week stretch, uh, kind of sandwiched around a couple of games at Lucas Oil Stadium. Maintain, enjoy Jacksonville, and uh, safe travels, man. I appreciate you guys. Have a good weekend. Thank you. Voice of the Colts, Matt Taylor right there. Uh, going to a place that has been unkind to the Colts. Andy, again, you got to go back to 2014. Reggie Wayne played in the game. The last time the Colts won in Jacksonville. Just a little refresher on this series. And again, the house of whores it's been. Last year, shut out in week two. 24-0. The year before that, it was 26-11. to 11 down there. I think that was the season finale. Boy, is that, a, is that a scoregami? 26-11? to 11? That was the game where you needed to win to get in, yeah. and you're playing the lowly Jags, and you lost that game. Uh, the year before that, Phillip Rivers in the opener, Gardner Minshew wins that game, 27-20. Gardner Minshew beats you in the season finale of the year prior, 38-20. Probably the ugliest of all of the games. You had a 6 nothing shutout with Andrew Luck at quarterback. It was the Colts' only <laughs> loss like, in a two-month span in the 2018 season. The Jags starting quarterback that day, Andy, I will give, I will buy Mason a new <laughs> You've done enough. box of diapers. The Chad Henney. Ooh. Wasn't he was a Jacksonville quarterback, right? Uh, I'm just trying to think of yeah, random yeah. Jacksonville quarterbacks. Chad the Henney. The deal is off the table. Does it help at all if I say USC quarterback? <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Josh Booty. <laughs> John David Booty, John right? John David Booty. I knew that wasn't right. Uh, Cody Kessler. <laughs> oh, man. Cody Kessler. Cody Kessler. Uh, then they lost 30 to 10 in 2017. They lost a game in London. 30-27. to 27. Matt Hasselbeck got absolutely smoked in a big second-half blowout in 2015, 51-16. So that is the streak. If there's one trend, because it's been a variety of starting quarterbacks, certainly in that, and even a variety of Colts quarterbacks, the one trend, Andy, has been Colts have just turned it over a ton. Yeah. Uh, I think it's multiple turnovers in seven of those eight games. So, again, that's something Gardner Minshew's done a good job of, protecting the football in his career. If you do that, maybe you have a chance to end it. Uh, I, okay, so I need I need you guys' help here. I, I have been – we've been doing a show, and so I saw this tweet. And we, listen, we'll get to a check down here in a second. But you mentioned that 26-11 to 11 game, and it, it kind of got my memory working again. That was obviously a Carson Wentz game. You win and you make the playoffs. Okay. I, I am listen, Elijah. You don't want to see this. Is I'm I'm in a bad spot right now. Okay, you know how you felt about NASCAR like a decade ago. Yeah, I, yeah. I'm sick to my stomach. It could be the large amounts of coffee that I pumped into my body over the last two hours and 21 minutes. Did I see that the Giants picked up Carson Wentz on their practice squad? 
Is that something that came down last night? Can I can I get you guys? Because uh, I'm you not, were in a dark place. Okay, last because night. I don't know if I dreamed that, but I, I thought I saw that from like Ian Rappaport or someone retweeting a fake Ian Rappaport. Because if that happens, what was laced in your bourbon? Uh, so you're not. <laughs> <laughs> Elijah, I walked in this He's morning. Elijah no. said he dreamt that the Broncos won last night. I did. It was one of those rough nights. That's that's quite the dream. But that is quite the I, dream. I found an article from Eagles today, obviously the most reputable source for everything Eagles football, and it just says Carson Wentz is in a good place after head injury, and that came out. Oh, well. Never after mind. a head injury. Never mind. Well, it said it was... Is that 2017? Okay. No, no, no. It said, no, no, it said no, 13 hours no, ago. No, no. Here's the thing. There's a fake Jordan Renan. Thank God. Okay. I'm sorry to even bring it up. Listen, I've been sitting over here, and I let it go, and I said, I'm not going to... It's a feel-good Friday. Uh, KB feels good. It, you know, Big games on Sundays. Guys, Notre Dame game on Saturday. Like, God, we got to win tomorrow. I, right? Listen, I was sitting over here. Okay, it's a fake Jordan Renan who is like, who, you know, is like the Stephen Holder for the Giants, and it said they're sending Carson Wentz to the practice squad. I almost vomited. I almost vomited. And then when you brought up twenty six to eleven, it like the vial in my body. I I felt like a like a like a late night on Mass Ave. That's what I felt like. Wow. Oh, thank God, that's not true. Late night on Mass oh. Ave. That, that- I'd be a late night in Ooh. Vegas, and you wake up, and you've lost all your money, and you wake up next to someone that you didn't think, or that you don't even know their name. Okay. You ever got one of those IVs in Vegas? No, you know, the IV I got morning checked out. Come on. I did, I did go on a bachelor party one time, and, and, and a few of the crew, uh, a few members of the crew did get the IV, but I do feel like the reaction from them was it was more mental than physical. Uh, okay. Well, do you believe, I mean, let's be honest. No, I think don't it's also physical. Like, don't you feel like the IV's filled with half water? Uh, well, I think there's water, but there's supposedly vitamins and minerals supposedly and nutri- is the nutri- key word. nutrients. Listen, I think some $80 of it's mental. worth of it? $100 worth of it? Uh, listen, uh, I've never done it before, but I've known companies who, who have done it and they've, you know, they make they can make a pretty penny at times. Well, it sounds like you needed it after thinking Carson Wentz was on oh the Oh my God. I, listen, I was sitting over here spot. for the last hour steaming if I even was going to bring it up and then you mentioned 26 to 11 and and I had to. I just Freebie had to. Freebie Friday for Oof. the pop quiz here coming up in a bit. It is one of the shortest pop quizzes in the history of Scotty Johnston pop quizzes. <laughs> we'll do that here in about five minutes. 317-239-1070 for that. Still need to give out our Colts picks for this week here again week six with the jags before all of it morning checkdown the morning checkdown on 93.5 and 107.5 the fan yes the last time i have to tell you uh that very boring game last night poor amazon and poor al michaels especially 19 to 8 your final chiefs over the broncos broncos now one in five on the season the chiefs now five in one on the season and good god kansas city has beat denver uh, what 16 straight times 16, uh-huh. uh just unbelievable and i didn't even think the chiefs were, were very sharp again i mean mahomes had a turnover too kelsey was good but i mean they just kind of played their yeah, they stalled out in the red zone yeah it's kind of you know had a pick. yeah b minus c plus game and they win by 11 and they move on so 19 8 your final there as we kick off week six of the nfl season all right, MLB last night, we punched one more ticket to the CS round, the championship series round. So in the AL, we know it'll be Astros and Rangers. In the NL, joining the Diamondbacks will be the Philadelphia Phillies. 3-1 winners last night. Spencer Strider gave up a couple solo home runs. Nick Castellanos, absolutely incredible in this series. Uh, two homers in game 
three, two homers in game four, and the Braves bats way too quiet against really kind of a mashed up Phillies pitching effort there. So as we've talked about all morning long, Andy, for the if you look at the four teams left, they've combined to win 354 regular season games. This is from ESPN. That is the smallest number in the history of Major League Baseball. Do you can you make sense of that at all? Well, no. I mean, I feel like I feel like baseball was random. I feel like it was a shot at some of the. Is it the wild big, card momentum? Yeah, I mean, maybe like, playing. I, like, I, I, I do think if I could. Sorry to interject. No, go ahead. I almost felt like the wild card teams, and credit to them because they won so quickly. They got to reset their pitching. For the divisional round. That's a good point. I mean, at the end of the day, divisional teams just need to play better. I know that's probably the easy answer to it, but I don't know. Maybe you make it a little bit more challenging for the wildcard teams. Well, I don't know. You look at it, again, New York, Boston uh, did nothing this season. The Mets did nothing this season. Uh, I don't know. You look at some of the high market clubs. Like, I don't know. Even like St. Louis didn't do uh, a lot. Didn't do anything. They were terrible this season. So you start to look. The Padres didn't make the postseason. This year almost was not for the underdog because the Phillies have a bunch of big contract players and everything else. But I don't know. It seemed like getting into the postseason this year, a lot of the big market clubs that spend a lot of money, it didn't pay off for them, and that's probably why you had a few less wins on the docket there. That would just be my guess. Speaking of spending money, we talk about hungover IVs. Mike chimes in. I had an insane hangover in Vegas, and the IV saved me. Around $150. Went for the most expensive package they had yep. out of necessity. Yep. Worth every penny. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think it's just a mental thing. I think that okay. I think those places would see that as a slap to the face on their I, I uh, business me, the plan. The thoughts crossed my mind before. I don't want to sure. act like I'm sitting here and haven't thought about it, but have not fully <laughs> gone there just yet. Uh, all right, college football slate for this week in Oregon, Washington. That'll be your college game day. Michael Penix in the national spotlight coming up tomorrow. Locally, uh, probably the toughest Big Ten games were certainly one of for Indiana and Purdue this season. Purdue will be hosting the Buckeyes uh, coming up at noon. That is a fly peacock fly game. Uh, 19.5 point underdog Purdue in that one. Indiana's in the big house, 33.5, and, and Andy Sweeney. If he had to take mm-hmm. one of the three local college teams, that's who I'm he's taking. taking Indiana. That means he is not taking Notre Dame, a slight favorite over USC. Well, they got Walt Bell out of there. That's that you know you Rod know Rod Carey saving I, the day. I've always been a, a big anti Walt Bell guy, so you knew that. So now, now I feel totally different. Interim, <laughs> often like they, <laughs> that is it permanent with Rod Carey. Yeah, until the end of the year when they make him make more changes. Tom, Tom Ellery wins three games. By the way, Mike's not done. He keeps on chiming in about his IV experience. Goes, I believe you, Mike. It's like shoving laboratory-grade Gatorade into your veins. Listen, I'm with Mike. That right there sounds heavenly. Especially if you're in Vegas doing to your body what you do to your body in Vegas, which is destroy it. Mike just shows up at the pool with his boys, and he's just a new man ready to go. Unbelievable on that end. Um, let, let, let's do another swoosh. You want another here, swoosh here? Yeah. All right, another swoosh. Uh, Colts injury swoosher. report, pretty good. I know we've talked about it a little bit today, uh, but all 53 Colts practiced yesterday. You rarely see that on a Thursday. Obviously, Dallas Flowers and Anthony Richardson on IR, but all 53 on the active roster did practice. We'll see about Mo Ali Cox. A red jersey in that concussion protocol yesterday, so still some steps to clear for him. But Braden Smith was back to practice as it looks like the Colts will have their starting offensive line together for the first time since week two. 
I'm sorry. I just my entire thing is is Brittany Mahomes Taylor Swift videos. I I got. I'm shutting the iPad you know, down. I'm uh, done with the iPad. I mean, I love my uh, mother-in-law, but you know Taylor Swift. Uh, it's Donna Kelsey and Brittany Mahomes the whole game. Shouldn't she bring a friend or two? I mean, yeah, I, I, yeah. I and just, then then he's then she's got to talk to Mr. Kelsey at one point. Like, can't you go over, you know, for dinner at the Kelsey household after the game and maybe just kind of stick to celebrating the friends? I, I, listen, the the word and and I hate this is like a political word. Maybe IBC, you get this word more. I, I, this should not trigger Andy Sweeney, but it's starting to. KB, it's a feel good Friday. Uh, I'm relieved that my team did not go out and get Carson Wentz. I think God. the Colts very well may win on Sunday in Jacksonville and break yet another streak. I just, I don't know why. I was watching it last night, and and I just, I, I don't know why. It's something I should not be bothered by. But here's the thing. I have to bend the knee to the Chiefs. They beat the Eagles in the in the Super Bowl last year. <laughs> That's all I, I I prayed to the heavens, dear Lord, let them win this game, and I'll allow any you know Chiefs nonsense but you're not over the next. The Swifties is what uh, I, I, I just apparently not. I don't know why. I just sound like an idiot. I sound like a meathead, but I don't know why it bothers me. Pacers fan jam tomorrow, yes. Monday and Friday, their final two preseason games, both of those at home. A week from Wednesday, their season opener, and again, Kyle Larson. That would be NASCAR. Uh, is it safe to say icon, NASCAR star? Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, Kyle Larson, that is Elijah's voice, by the way, filling in <laughs> for Mark Dykton. Uh, Kyle Larson passing his rookie orientation for the Indianapolis 500 yesterday. So when the month of May arrives coming up here next year, that storyline will be a big one as he races for Arrow McLaren. It is Freebie Friday. Scotty, any reason on the shortest hmm. pop quiz I've ever seen? Okay, he said no. I think it's doable, taking a glance at it. No matter what, it's a freebie Friday. That means a Jiffy Lube oil change coming your way. Give us a call at 317-239-1070. Sharpen your pencils. It's time for the Pop Quiz with KB and Andy. Brought to you by Jiffy Lube, Indiana's favorite oil change since 1985. All right, it's a freebie Friday here. Pop quiz time. Uh, after we're done with the pop quiz, we'll come back and we'll give you our Colts picks, which uh, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. We're <laughs> contractually obligated to give you what we think is going to happen to a game uh, on Sunday. Uh, all right, KB, we've loaded phone lines here. What number do you want to go with? And we'll get this baby popping. Well, we got, what, week six, right, yeah. of the NFL, Doc? Yeah. Let's go right there. Number six, Elijah. Who we got? Got Steve, and Steve is very excited to talk to you, Kevin. He was telling me before uh, when he called in, and he said, "I really just want to talk to Kevin Bowen. I just love hearing his voice, and it'd be an honor to speak to him." <laughs> well, so. now, now I don't know if I want to hear this guy or I want to hear him more. I don't really know. I, I part decide. of me is like, is Elijah lying to me right now with that? Is Elijah trying to be, you know, the fill-in producer all next week when Mark's out? Hey, Steve. Good morning. Is that true? Uh, my question is. I've listened to the previous iteration of this show for the entire iteration, and never once, oh no, never once did they refer to you as KB. So I just don't get it. Yeah, it, it, it's kind of funny the old KB thing. Um, I felt like that is something. I, honestly, I think Mike Wells kind of really started it for me. Uh, basically, and, and again, I'm going to say the word professional world, which sounds so high and mighty of me. <laughs> when I'm working, I feel like everyone calls me KB. But none of my friends call me that. Like all my like, it's Bowen or Kevin or, yeah. I mean, no one calls me that. But yeah, KB is uh, really taking off, and now it's the uh, 
It's the long namesake of our show, well, right? I, I've been told that KB is the way to go. That's number one. And number two, uh, whenever someone around here refers to me as Andy, I, you know, I've been called Sweeney a lot. You know, I have a last uh, name okay. that I get. So, so you going through a name change well, as well? Well, there's, yeah, it's a, it's a different life. I have a baby. I have a new house. I have a new show. I have new everything. So why not? Why not just change the name? I don't know. Steve, what do you prefer? Are you, yeah. are you on board with KB or do, yeah. do I need to change it up? Yeah, we can change it, Steve. You know, I, I'm kind of a traditionalist. I would like to hear Kevin, but, you know, <laughs> the Katie and Andy does rhyme nicely, and it's kind of catchy. Yeah, I think that's what our boss yeah, is going for on that. Yeah. Steve sounds like one of my parents right now and saying that they prefer Kevin on this. <laughs> uh, Steve, as always, great to hear your voice. Hope you are doing well, uh, and good luck. Uh, you are a Marquette fan, correct? Ooh. I am a Marquette fan. Nice. Good luck to um, Steve. Or I was going to say Steve Wojcikowski. No. Shaka Smart and Marquette coming up here this yeah, season. I, what kind of team are they supposed to have? They were good last yeah, year. Yeah, they're very good last year. They are supposed to have the first top ten preseason eight since the nineteen Wow! Uh, when they returned wow. as the national champion, oh, how about that? I would have guessed with uh, with Crean, they would have had a couple, maybe top twenty teams. They had some really good teams with Crean that would just beat up Notre Dame. Those big guards, they just had guards that were just grown men. I was so jealous of their team. Hey, well, there well, we let's go. get out of the pop quiz because I need to hear of all the all of the veteran picks for the weekend. Steve just kind of runs the show when you know he calls. What? You know, Steve's, Steve's dominating. Wants me to change my name I, I, on the birth certificate. We, we, yeah. We'll keep him on hold and get his yeah. picks well, for the for the Jags and Colts on Sunday. Here I am on a leash. Steve's got the choker <laughs> collar ready to go. All right, Steve. Number one, the Colts face the Jags on Sunday in Jacksonville. The Colts lead the regular season series, twenty-seven eighteen. Who leads the postseason series between these two teams? Uh, that would be the Colts. Hi, question number two, Steve. You share, Steve? Ooh. Uh, you know, I do go back to the Jaguars when they had Bryce Pop on there, but we'll go with the Jaguars. You sure? Maybe it's tied. This is a sneaky uh, question from Scotty today. Wonder if they've ever even played, Steve. Steve, I'm huh. holding your hand walking across the street right now, man. After you just, you know, disrespected me. <laughs> Steve, you got an answer. Colts, Jags, or nobody? Nobody. <laughs> All right, question Dear number Lord. two. How many games? Marquette plays like this this season. They yeah. might not even be in the NIT. Listen, Steve, I hate to tell you, you'll be a top 10 team and you'll lose in the first or second round. Uh, how many games? I'm kidding. How many games have the three and two Jags won in Jacksonville this season? Again, how many games have the three and two Jacksonville Jaguars won in Jacksonville this season? One. All right, number three here. Nick Castellanos hit a pair of solo shots as the Phillies eliminated the Braves in game four of the NLDS. Castellanos also homered twice. By the way, do you think Tom Brenneman's doing the Castellanos home run call from his couch? <laughs> Poor Tom no. alone. But... Four homers in two games. you, you yeah. got to think about it once, right? Yeah, I know. Uh, name the last Ugh. player to have multiple home runs in back-to-back MLB playoff games. Is it Babe Ruth, Reggie Jackson, Barry Bonds, or is Castellanos the first? Barry Bonds. 
All right, question number four, Steve. The Braves are now out of the playoffs despite having the best record during the regular season. Who was the last team to enter the postseason with the best record and win the World Series? Was it the 2020 Dodgers? Was it the 2018 Boston Red Sox, the 2017 Houston Astros, or the 2016 Chicago Cubs? The 2017 Houston Astros. One thing I always like about Steve is very decisive. Absolutely. Gardner Minshew going with the football right now. All right, Steve, happy 45th birthday to one of my favorites. That would be J.O., Jermaine O'Neal. O'Neal came to the Pacers in a trade from Portland along with center Joe Klein. It's got to be a fake name. Is that just a fan that won an an event to be involved in that trade? Uh, Joe Klein before the 2001 season. Who did the Pacers give up for J.O.? Was it Antonio Davis, Dale Davis, Mark Jackson, or the package of Al Harrington and Zon Tabak? The last one, the package deal. (laughs) Again, the thing with Steve, you know once the questions start going, boom, boom, boom. Uh, and Steve, very Steve. fittingly, brother, yeah. uh, on that, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. missing all, yeah. what all five besides number one. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's a you know. You literally le- wanted me to change the birth certificate. At least he was. At least he was quick about it. Yeah. Besides one. <laughs> yeah. And Marquette uh, is going to be a top ten team that loses in the first round. Sorry, so Steve. I, I I agree with that because I was at the Farley Dickinson Purdue game. Oh. Oh, gosh. Appreciate it, Steve. All right, there we go. Uh, Nobody leads the Colts-Jags postseason series they've never played. Uh, And then that was it, right? Yeah, that's it. Jags haven't won a home this season. Yeah, Jags haven't. They've uh, they won in their two and zero in London, and they beat Indianapolis. Yeah, they won here. Those are the only ones. They're zero and two in Jacksonville. Who they lose to? Also, the Texans and Chiefs. Was it the Chiefs? Right. Yeah, they where they didn't even score a touchdown. Yes, yeah, so. Castellanos. Uh, that's how historic it's been. He is the first player to do it. Twenty twenty Dodgers and Double D Dale Davis. Yeah, for Jermaine O'Neal, Joe Klein. Should I know him, Scotty? Yep. I'm Why? surprised you don't know Joe Klein. Really. Yeah, just because you know everything like this. Yeah, Joe Klein. Fifteen years in the league. Joe Klein. Yeah, I'm How looking him up. How old was he during the trade then? Oh my gosh, he was 38 when he got traded here. Can you imagine? I'd be like the Heat trading you Donis Haslam nowadays. Oh goodness. He finally years old did. He finally he did retire. Here. And Udonis, wow. Udonis has some has like old man strength. Like you get, like he didn't, he doesn't need to lift weights. Like he can just Joe, lift cinder blocks. How about this career for Joe Klein? He averaged four point eight points per game over nine hundred and sixty five career. Man, games. good for him. I'm looking at it right now. Good for him. Unbelievable. That's awesome. Good for him. All right, we it's got a, picks to do, right? It's a good so pension. Round it out. Yeah, let's do uh, it. Let's do it. We'll uh, finish off the show with some picks: Colts and Jags. It's the wake up call with KB and Andy on 93.5 and 107.5. The fan. Oh, man. What a great way to end the the uh, the pregnant pause rejoin. We love it. We absolutely love it. KB and Andy, wake up call, hanging out with you. One more segment to go here on the fan. Reminder, it's a busy, busy weekend. We'll have some high school football tonight. HSE, not HSA in Brownsburg. Uh, that's coming up at 7 o'clock. And then... 
Texas A&M, Tennessee, Saturday at 3. Reminder, all the Indiana-Michigan coverage beginning over on IBC at 11 a.m. And then Sunday, 10 a.m., Jacksonville. In Jacksonville, the whole crew, Colts and Jags. Pre-game coverage, live play-by-play, and the post-game all right here on The Fan. Um, Also, uh, Eddie Garrison popped his head in here. Uh, Booker McFarland going to join the the fellas there, Jake and company, coming up at 12.30. I heard they had a quick interview with Tony Dungy yesterday. Listened in a little bit to that. Was uh, I showing my age last segment, uh, not I, knowing Joe Klein? Listen, you're you're taking a beating uh, over not knowing Joe Klein. I, I'm not going to beat you over the head uh, because pretty, I don't know anything about Joe Klein. Pretty remarkable career in that he lasted until <laughs> 39 years old in the NBA and he averaged four points per game. Game for his career. The, the 84 Olympic team. God Scotty? bless him. God bless him. Joe who, Klein. Who, who called in? Elijah and said that. Um, it was some lady Linda? named Linda. Yeah, Linda. Linda oh. was not happy. No. And also, my I still got text from my dad. He said my mic sounds muffled and it sounds like I'm talking through a tin can. Is that true? I can't tell. Oh, well, you sound you fine. You honestly but- have the Sean McVay headset on. <laughs> That's so, I don't want to. Do not have headphones. I, I, this is my headphones. I don't want to pay you more money for another set. I'm kind of cheap, so oh, I'm just using Lord. what I got. Oh. You're in radio. I'm a broke college student, Andy. Fair enough. Fair enough, but you are in radio. (laughs) The guy's had ramen for dinner the last five nights here. Uh, We got to do our Colts picks, Yeah, let's go. Yeah, how do you want to do these? All right, Elijah, let's start off. uh, Four-point favorite, the Jacksonville Jaguars here in week six. The last over-under I saw was like 40 three-ish does that sound right yeah i'm i'm picking jacksonville just because a because my mom is a huge fan and b they have trevor lawrence and yeah we have Gardner Minshew, and he's a great backup quarterback but he is that a backup quarterback and trevor lawrence is a starter and he is a generational talent and i think that he is even with the jet lag he's still going to be at least pretty far ahead of Minshew in my opinion so he's going to end up they're going to end up winning Oh uh, yeah, DraftKings has it at 44. The over under the line currently at minus four, uh, and the uh, the vig about the same. If you like the Colts plus the four, it's minus 112, and the over under on both sides minus 110. I ran right into now. Elijah and his mother. She was rocking, I believe, a Trevor Lawrence jersey before the game last year. Yeah, she was. That was uh, a Colts win. It was a Colts win, and I we got heckled. I'm not gonna Good. lie. We got heckled. Good. I didn't even wear a Jacksonville shirt or anything because I'm not a Jacksonville yeah. fan. But we got heckled. And Lawrence is not a no offense to you or your mother. He's not a generational talent. Well, that's where you're, that's where you're wrong, Andy. He, I'm he's sorry. A, he's a Jake fu- Quarry would differ with you. Clemson fan Jake Quarry would He's a, uh, yeah, yeah. Do you see Dabo? He's like, we built on NIL, the name, image, and likeness of the Lord. That's what he said. NIL. Not NIL with money. Yeah, That's what he said. Dabo in front of a mic is always a sight to see. Uh, I'll go next, ah, Andy, sure, go I ahead. think you're going to differ from me. I'm going to go Jacksonville as well. I'll go 26-17. Um, I just look at this game and think to myself, can Minshew handle a little bit more on his plate? I am curious to see how Jacksonville responds from the back-to-back games in London. Um, But can Minshew handle a little bit more on his plate? Uh, That is why I go with the 17. And then do the Colts' D-line dial up enough playmaking? They were a very playmaking unit in the season opener. I thought that was a big reason why. That game was A, so competitive, B, the Colts had a lead midway through the fourth quarter. I don't know if they can generate the same sort of disruption there. So I will say the streak continues and that the Jags get it done on Sunday. Okay, so this is the first time that I'm kind of 
I guess, zigging when everyone else is zagging. I don't know. Are you kind on of, an island here? Yeah, I think I'm going to be on an island. So I have uh, so so last week, Elijah, you'll like this. So last week, I picked Tennessee to win. And, you know, I don't know who everyone else is picking other than you, Kevin, other than you, KB. I, I, I don't know. I mean, we knew Mark and I know you guys, the guys on the show, but I don't know who Jake is taking or Cotton and who all these guys are taking, JMV and everybody else. And so I took Tennessee. It was me and Brendan King. And, you know, Brendan was up there in the press box on Sunday, and I go, thank God you took him. Otherwise, I would have been alone uh, as the hater, as the new guy who's the hater. Well, Cox would have retweeted you. You're damn right he would have. And so, ultimately, I was wrong, and I was happy to be wrong. And so, I don't know if I'm overcompensating for that. I don't know what has happened to me the last 15 hours. I have been Jacksonville, and, and quite frankly, I've been Jacksonville not even thinking about the game too much from the Colts winning. I'm going to go the Colts winning 23-21. Um, so is this I, more Colt confidence or Jags well, okay, lack of confidence? So, so I think the jet lag could be one thing. I I, I think them beating Buffalo last weekend uh, in London was a mirage. And I'm That's not the making, best thing for the Colts. And, and yeah, and I'm not making excuses for Buffalo. They should have been ready. Their offense should have scored. Uh, that first half was pathetic offensively for the Bills. Um, but but I, I hate to say I'm throwing that game away, but I have not been in love with anything that Jacksonville has done in week one when the Colts were a lesser team in my opinion. You know, they went forward on fourth down. If Anthony Richardson's in the game, they score a touchdown there, and then it's a three-point game, right? And then we're having a perhaps a different discussion. Deion Jackson out. He's not an NFL running back. In comes Zach Moss and Jonathan Taylor, and I just think Steichen and Taylor and Moss, they'll have something. Minshew will be enough. Um, I don't think Jacksonville has a great home field advantage. Uh, I could be wrong here. Listen, I've been Jacksonville all week. I'm switching it. I'm going Colts win 23-21, to and Indy's pretty healthy. I mean, outside of Anthony Richardson, they're pretty healthy. Yeah, I mean, again, I look at the four-point spread and think that's pretty fair. I mean, I know I went over that. I took Jacksonville and the points, but uh, that to me is a pretty good spread. And the best thing about it for Colts fans, I think this is one of the two toughest games the Colts have the rest of the season. I mean, I just think the schedule. I mean, next week you could be looking at P.J. Walker and the Browns coming to town for that one. Uh, Colin messaged me a little bit early in the 9 o'clock hour. I want to make sure we stuck this in. Uh, we didn't talk a ton about the Jerry Judy trade. Obviously, you saw some pregame antics between him and Steve Smith last night. Jerry Judy yeah. backed it up with three catches for 14 yards in that game. Um, what would you give up for Jerry Judy, if anything? I, I don't know. I kind of feel like he needs a, a – he's, to me, a guy that I wouldn't give up on. He's a change-of-scenery guy to me, even though he might not be a super number one that we thought of. I give nothing more than a fifth-round pick for him. Than a fifth – well, if, if you told me, hey, Ballard can give up a fourth-rounder, <laughs> I would probably still do it. I I don't know. I, I need to look free up, agent soon? Well, that's what I need to look up, what his what is free agency looks like. But he's not going to command what he wanted to command. I don't know. He's been there with just bad quarterbacks, bad coaching. Uh, and maybe he's not very good. He's an unrestricted free agent after 2025. So you would get him for one year. Would you take him for a rental for one year for a fourth or fifth rounder? I would. Personally, I would. Uh, we'll see if that chatter develops at all. Again, uh, we are two weeks and change away from the NFL trade deadline. Uh, nine o'clock, oh, 10 o'clock. It's a road game. 10 a.m. That will be our coverage beginning from Jacksonville 
and uh, we'll certainly have you covered. It is the lone road game here in a five-game stretch. Elijah, thank you, man, for filling in. Uh, I am Kevin Bowen. He is Andy Sweeney. We are signing off the wake-up call with KB and Andy. Everybody have a great weekend. Previously.